Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Friday night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Corbin. I'm Corbin. Hey. <laughs> You've been here before. You got the right to, to join the rotation. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> don't, be, don't be scared. Yeah, we got Corbin back from Common Playground here to talk all things uh, Endgame with us tonight. Oh, we're not going to We're not gonna start off with that. Now, I know some people have expressed to me that they still haven't seen Endgame. I don't know what you're doing. As the Russo brothers said, the official ban on spoilers lifts Monday, so you better see it this weekend. I'm seeing it um, Sunday. We, uh, I'll let you know when we're going to talk spoilers and, and Endgame and everything that's going to ruin your day if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, so that way you can shut this, you can leave and then come back Monday or whenever you see it. Um, but yeah, but first we got to kind of pay some bills, I guess you could say. Um, this month we are now in May. I can't believe we're already in May. I know this fucking year's flying. <laughs> wow. Memorial Day weekend, May twenty third. We have coming up. If you're in the Phoenix area, Phoenix Fan Fusion, the local, what used to be Phoenix Comic Con, our yearly can big convention that takes place in downtown Phoenix, pretty much takes over um downtown phoenix for memorial day weekend what is it thursday friday saturday sunday yeah yep yeah yep. well because i know like i can't remember what convention used to do monday there used to be a convention that was i think sabo used to do monday or still does monday too i always forget i know i know phoenix usually doesn't do monday i didn't know if they changed it or yet or not but yeah thursday friday saturday sunday i like um, when they do the monday but I'm i'm still looking forward to this Memorial Day weekend. Um, they have all kinds of fabulous guests that could pretty much um, please or satisfy anyone's nerd urges, you could say. So I just looked at the uh, guest list again a little, little bit ago, and I realized somebody is on there that I probably wouldn't have geeked out about you know, a week ago. But uh, Jamie Lannister is going to be there. Yeah, How let me. Cool is that? Let me share my screen here, and we'll get the um, guest list up. We can show some of the the media guests there. Got uh, Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter. There is the man himself, Jamie Lannister. George George Takai. Like I, I'm surprised George Takai is coming. Takai, like Takai. I call him Takai. Me too, but I, I swing back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> it's decay like toupee. We learn something new about you every time you're on the show, Corbin. <laughs> Ray Park. That's kind of cool. It'd be cool to get some Snake Eyes autograph stuff with him on there. Darth Maul. Yeah. We got the Penguin uh, from Gotham, Robin Lord Taylor. And from Walking Dead. Yeah, and from Walking and Dodgeball. Oh, no, no, sorry, not dodgeball. No, he wasn't in dodgeball. He was in um, um, uh, accepted. 
The other yeah. fucking what's his name movie. Um, that funny. Yeah, Elijah Wood. That's kind of cool. I know. I can't think of his name now. Like I, Justin Long. Justin Long. Yeah. I, think. I still think Elijah Wood's best role is fucking in uh, Wilford. Dude, he's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's got some pretty damn good movies. Uh, yeah. John Barrowman from Arrow and Doctor Who, and he's been here before quite a few times. Um, Red Steve Cardenas, uh, he played Rocky and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Jeff fucking Goldblum, the glistening chest man. Yeah, himself. Jeff Goldblum. Um, one of my favorite memes ever, bef- and it was a meme before there were memes. Is a Jeff Goldblum meme. I want to get him. I want to see how much he would charge to do a recording, and it's the stupidest thing. But it kills me every time I see it from Thor Ragnarok when Thor steals his like party ship. And he's flying through, and it's it's my birthday. <laughs> I want to record us in that. I would like uh, to have like a shirt with him with his glistening chest, standing next to him, hopefully with a glistening chest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this was uh, there was a meme. I think it was before it was memes. Um, there you go. Let's see here. This is probably the all time my all-time favorite meme and I, I don't know it's because it it was just funny when it first came out can i share this real quick matt yeah let me give you the um presentation there. Right. yeah it's gonna take two seconds i don't you guys might have seen this but this is way before it was memes back i want to get him to sign that is that from the fly yeah jeff goldman oh, is watching us. you poop and i want him to sign that <laughs> I should uh, awesome. should get it printed off and blow it up to like eleven by seventeen, and then you frame it and you put it in your bathroom. Yep, there you go. You get him to sign it. Still staring right at you. So you yeah. got to put it right in front of the shitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> put it on the wall that face that you look at when you're taking a shit. That's fucking classic. So you All have right. a, you have a staring contest with yeah. fucking Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna right. fucking blink first? Yeah. But the other the other one that I'm surprised at that was probably a big part of most people's childhood, Paul Rubin, Pee Wee Herman. Oh wow, wow, that's crazy. And then my my first crush, Amy Jo Johnson, oh, Toronto wow. Pink Ranger. I think I got a book. I got I got to get that book signed by the Pink Ranger. Pink Ranger. And then you got Adam Savage from MythBusters. It's kind of weird. I'd like to talk to Ian Ziering about 90210 stuff. I want to talk to him about uh, That's My Boy, if you've ever seen that movie. I'm actually, oh, oh yeah, I was going to ask, I'm actually interested in, um, did he do, he did do the voice of Harry Osborn in the MTV Spider-Man. Did he? Yep, that was him. Hmm. I know, a little, little I'm, I'm planning on bringing that knowledge. Well, I've already shared it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was pretty good. That thir- It was like, what, 13 episodes? But yeah. Yeah, it was like the real, like, super, like, computer generated one. Yep, that was the one. That was him. I didn't know that. Because that was the one. Wasn't Neil Patrick Harris Peter Parker in that one? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty decent. I have the whole series. So. <laughs> and then you got the voice of uh, Finn from uh, Adventure Time. Oh, wow. There's all what kinds about, of. What about uh, comic guests? Let's, let's there's, check Well, you got SpongeBob celebrating its 20 year anniversary. Oh, you got the voice yeah. of SpongeBob. That's awesome that they had Tom Kenny. Right? I know. 
And you got uh, Chris Sabat, who plays the voices of Vegeta in Dragon Ball, in the English dub of Dragon Ball. I would love to talk to Tom Kane, have him record and, and do like an intro with SpongeBob, but do it with like a twist of the the episode where it's uh, Sailor Talk. Oh. Uh, because that's got to be hands down my favorite episode of SpongeBob, where he learns his sentence and answers. Have him do it as uh, the mayor of Townsville. See, I didn't even know he was the mayor of Townsville. Yeah, dude, that dude's in a lot of really good movies, too. It's amazing, like, some of these voice actors, like, what they play that you never knew. They, that was them. Interesting stuff. Um, as far as, yeah, we're, we're all here for the uh, comics and artists guests. There's some local local hitters, but there's also some... Uh, Big time names on here. Andy Carrion, that's that's a great local artist. Yep. Arthur Sidem, douchebag, but great artist. <laughs> I, I gotta get him to sign. I got stuff for him to sign. Brian Polito. That's I mean, Arizona's own Brian Polito, still a cool, cool cat all these years later. Dan Mendoza, that's kind of cool. I mean, he's always there, but I don't think he's ever been bigger. O'Neill. Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Yeah. yeah. Epic. Yeah. I I mean, you can't ask for a better, if you're a Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill fan, if you're a a old school Green Lantern, old school Batman fan, those are the two guys that gave you what we have today. That's those two guys are the reason why Batman is so good today. It's strictly because of those two guys. And you got Joe Rubenstein. I mean, you got the guy who helped create Punisher that you just scrolled past and didn't even give any recognition to. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, you guys, you guys can call it out too. It isn't just a one man <laughs> show here. <laughs> You're going too fast. It was, you were, you, I, I figured you had off. That's cool. Kevin Eastman. That's cool. I'm, like I've the, got the Kevin Nolan. That's huge. I've got a collection of the first, like original uh, Turtles comics and a hardbound book. I'm gonna get him to sign. Have him do a sketch on the inner inner. Uh, he he normally does. He normally does a quick turtle sketch when he signs something. I've got a couple of books like that from him. I'm still kicking myself in the ass for having him write two Kyle on uh, Ninja Turtles number one third print. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, why did I have him do it on just, that? Just book? find just find something that takes away the the ink and just erase two Kyle. Yeah, okay. I was just gonna cross it out with an X. It never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Off the record. Oh, man. I mean, I'm trying to go as slow as possible here so you guys can, can see. Dude, yeah, Neil. going to be there. Neil Adams, Norm Ratman. I'm telling you, you got to get another Norm sketch, another Nightwing sketch. Got to get my Batman one time. Oh, I, you know, I might have. I, I already have three Nightwing sketches from him. I think that's enough. <laughs> you think? Oh, wow. That's nice. <laughs> Oh, I have to get something else. I think I'm gonna have him do Flash this time. Didn't I thought we came up with something like that? You had to get like for I had, Norm. I had to do another kiss. Oh, he, thing. oh, that's right. You should get like there, like a sketch. Have him sketch you, and so it's like Nightwing and Dick, and then underneath you or Nightwing and because uh, well they're the same person. But Nightwing and Red Robin looking at you underneath them. Yeah, like this. No, I, I should be in the center, and they should be on each side of me. Like they're about yeah. to kiss me. But you got to get him to draw the sketch of you doing like telling like the funniest joke. 
<gasps> yes. That photo. Yes. So, um, I can't remember when it was, Kyle. Do you remember when it was um, that we I, – now I know. It was Jimmy J. What was that uh, Was that con called? Amazing Maybe. Arizona. Yeah. So, me and – that was uh, it was Friend tough. of the show, Rob Liefeld's best friend. Yeah. Um, but uh, me and Kyle got kind of lucky, and we complained about some stuff that happened. And they gave us free uh, tickets to go get – kevin eastman sketches like kyle's talking about and real quick i'm just want to show this this is uh i'll let you share i'll share with you again this is what uh there you go so go get some kevin eastman's uh sketches and autographs because they're absolutely awesome yeah that's cool i got a couple of them i do too i'd like to interview him again he's such a fun person to interview like i would he's a cool dude yeah like i mean he, he's he's heard every Ninja Turtle question imaginable, and he still loves giving you the answers. It's, it's fantastic. Howard Chaikin's going to be there. I mean, I would say this year they've got a pretty solid, like, all around a little bit for everybody this year, which is, which is really cool. Like, it's not too often I'm excited about media guests because I'm usually just a, just a comic and artist nerd, but but – They've just nailed it this year with with some of these uh, media people, and it's just made me it made me really excited. Made me want to spend more of my money. Well, there's a couple of guys that I don't think that have been here at least in a long time um, that are going to be there this this time. So uh, definitely, this is one to go to if you like the uh, artist. And has Neil Adams? I know Neil Adams came to Fan Fest the first year they had it, but has he been to a, a Phoenix Comic Con before? I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah, because I got his. Uh, he he signed some stuff way before I even got back into comics, just because I saw he was coming and I went. Was it at Fan Fest? Uh, no, it was. This was probably ten years ago, maybe. So he's been here. And Phoenix Comic Con's the only thing I can think of that's been going on that long. I'm excited for Adam Savage. I'm not gonna lie. Danny Cowan's gonna be there. Black Panther artist, uh, amazing. You know, you can't you can't ask for better than that. Or creator. If cosplay is kind of your thing, there's a bunch of cosplayers going to be there. Uh, they, like Kyle said, this year they've kind of got a little bit of everything. They've once they changed their name to Fan Fusion, they kind of incorporated it to try and touch on on a fandom, the fandom as a whole instead of just being a Comic Con. They're kind of trying to draw a little something for everybody. Um, but yeah, come out Memorial Day weekend. I'll, I'll put a link um, in the upper of the screen and in the. Uh, box below to their website so you can buy tickets um, yeah, yeah we'd love to hang out with everybody yeah for sure they have you know there's some of their membership packages prices for friday saturday and sunday um child passes and sidekicks full events 85 bucks which is actually down from last year because i think last year it was like 90 um so yeah come out and, and get some autographs from your favorite comic book artists that are there celebrities um they have a whole guest uh whole like event weekend of panels. I know Kyle and I will be joining couch crunchers to do a panel Friday night or Saturday night, Friday night or Saturday night, Saturday night. Um, the guys from couch crunchers have panels all weekend. Um, Jay, who was on our show, um, from, um, I can't remember audio ammunition. Thank you. I was drawing a blank. He's got, um, panels all this weekend. So you guys can come and see if you're in the Phoenix area, come on down, check out guests we've had on the podcast. Um, do their thing, say hey, what's up to us. 
we'll be there all weekend. It's going to be a good time. Um, let me get your input, Corbin. What's one thing you're excited for uh, at Phoenix Fan Fest? Their Fan Fusion. Sorry. Well, see, I, I, I'm Neil Adams, Dylan Neil. Those are my. Those are the Batman guys. I'm a Batman fan through and through. I have a couple volumes of their work, so I really want to get that signed. Um, aside from that, I'm really a panel dude, so I'm looking forward. I have already some earmarked. I already downloaded the app. Um, so some things I want to see, like the DCU movie ranking stuff, just some of those fun things to kind of sit in and, and look at as just like a guest, like just a fan and kind of engaging in that kind of dialogue. Uh, we'll also be doing, I'm getting more word about that, but a, a, a kind of panel ourselves there. So nice. that'll be interesting. Yeah, so um, getting more details on that and obviously excited for that. But um, just as a fan in general, I kind of go almost stupidly all out on this. I get a hotel even if I live in Arizona because like, I plan on being out there the entire time, the whole experience, like so no whole party. have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, you you, you kind of live in, you're in the, the East Valley, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you got, it's a little bit of a drive even just for Comic-Con for you guys. Exactly. So, I mean, you, I don't miss a thing if I'm right there, you know, there's nothing about having to leave a party early or anything. And there's a lot of events after hours. I'm really um, looking forward oh, to. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I mean, even myself, they got, they got speed in out there. Like I can't, I can't lose. There's so much going on. Um, but I think, and it's kind of corny, but like my biggest thing is just being able to go to all of the booths and just look at comics and, and back issues to add to my collection, um, trade paperbacks. It's kind of my, my real big deal. So as much as cool as it's going to be to meet um, comic creators and obviously hang out with y'all and other people there, I think for me, the books, it's all about the books for me. Oh yeah, I know. I know Brian's one of those dudes that likes to go to those stands and just sit there and and dig through back issues and try and find gems. I know there's a couple conventions at times I've gone to Phoenix Comic Con running to Brian and I'll walk past him and say what's up and he's sitting there digging. Then I'll come back two hours later and he's still digging the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> That's that shit. the guy right there. I like it. <laughs> that shit hurts my back too much to do that there. Man, it's worth the pain. No, <laughs> it is. It is. It's. I. I think it is. So passion project. Uh, well, you know, here's the other thing. Uh, you know, five six years ago, it was so much easier to pull gems from those things because, you know, comic speculation has gotten so big that um, it's getting harder and harder. But when you find them, it's fun. For real, yeah. So uh, Jay says in the chat, a friend of my wife's dated Jeff Goldblum. She said he was super weird. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just find that so hard to believe. For guys that, for somebody who likes to watch pe- people poop all the time. Right? It kind of seems fitting. Killing me small. Oh, but yeah, Saturday night, Kyle and I are joining up with uh, Lance from Couch Crunchers, and we're doing a panel um, 80s action stars versus The Walking Dead, where we draft a team of 80s action stars to see if they could. I guess we debate whether or not they can make it in the, the Walking Dead universe. So should be a good time. Wow. Ooh, now that I know what it's about, I can start planning. <laughs> Is that you know what it's about when he talked to us about it? Just no, release. <laughs> no, he didn't really say that before. Spoiler alert, Terminator wins no matter right. what, right? So Trump yes. card. But yeah, I I love Phoenix Comic Con. I'm I always I usually am pretty vocal about them because I want them to succeed. Because I mean, they're really other than Ace, they're really the lo- only comic book based convention in the Valley anymore. Everyone's kind of left. So if we lose them, then we got nothing. 
then yep. you have to you have to travel to Salt Lake City or you know um, New Mexico Vegas. or yeah, Vegas or Phoenix does usually a pretty good job of of uh, of bringing a pretty good guest there so that enough guests that make you excited. Yeah, I was gonna say they're probably like I guess we'd all agree like the last big event even because even Ace while they have some. I mean, just on the size of like everything, they're really more, I guess, in my opinion, celebrity based. So we kind of agree on that. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, for sure. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, other than that, it's you have the Tucson Comic Con in November and, and that's nice. But, you know, it's out there. I mean, that's that's really it. <laughs> Three I, events year. I've been to Tucson Comic Con twice. And it's a, even even though it's a well put together event, it's too mm-hmm. small. It, they, they've outgrown that convention center. Like yeah. it's it's too small for the venue they have it in now, and I, I I'm assuming they don't have anywhere bigger to put it. But well, yeah, because it's Tucson. Yeah, I was gonna say that it can't be the Tucson Comic Con. They get changing because <laughs> right. I wish they would though, because I mean it's small and it's out there in Tucson. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So again, Memorial Day weekend. If you guys are in the Phoenix area, go check out Phoenix Comic Con. I'll put a link to the to the website below to buy passes. Uh, come out and meet some of your favorite guests, some people from your childhood, um, people for whatever niche you're into right now. They got a little bit of something for everybody. They have great um, guest panels, celebrity panels, and um, attendee put-on panels. So it's always it's always a good time. So come on down and, and check out Phoenix Fan Fusion. I just, I'm never going to get used to that name. I know, but it's what it is now. It is. After a few, after a few more years, it will. I think it's just yeah, because it's new. Because then last year it was it was Phoenix Comic Con, and then it went to Phoenix Fan. Um, what was it last year? It was Phoenix Fan Fest? No, it wasn't Fan Fest. It was something. Was Comic Fest or something like that? I think I remember. Fan Fusion is what they changed it to this year. Okay, so Fan Fusion is is new. I think it's kind of a catchy name, though. Yeah, it's better than what it was last year. But hopefully there's no fire alarms that go off for Dan pushing you know. uh Yeah. Scott, Scott Snyder. Snyder. <laughs> yeah. No oh, assaulting right. no assaulting Scott Snyder. Oh man. <laughs> I would have loved it if Capullo was there and Capullo just like ripped his shirt off and was glistening and like challenged Dan to a fight. <laughs> they start fucking, they start doing I don't think they sound like baboons, but you know. <laughs> that's, that's an eye picture. I don't know why. Put on your chest. Just go for yeah. it. They just, right. you just, watch, you just watch them like like they're like they're fighting for being the dominant of the pack, you know. I don't know. Sonic supremacy. <laughs> uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Phoenix Fan Fusion Memorial Day weekend. Check it out. We'll be there. It's going to be a fantastic time, as always. Some of my best memories are from going to Comic Con, Phoenix Comic Con. So, yeah, I think that's where I've met. That's where I met most of the people I run with now. I think that's where I met Kyle for the first time. Where? At Comic Con. I think I met you for the first time at at Amazing Arizona, standing in line for Kirkman. Mm Hmm. But, but yeah, it's always a good time. So, all right, let's do it, Brian. Real all quick right. before we start spitting out Avengers spoilers, <laughs> let's talk. Um, let's talk Game of Thrones. The best 
fucking show I've ever seen that episode. Yeah, which you can see of it. <laughs> no, they, they made it a little bit lighter, and if you lighten it up on your TV. But you know what? I like the dark version because it made it more um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like you were always uh, at attention. Um, you know what I mean? It was intense. It was much more intense than the lighted version. So and it gave you gave me a reason to watch it again, which I was going to do anyways. But so they actually lightened it up later, yeah. like a later showing, or like the yeah. next day, or what? I believe so. I believe that's what they did, right, Matt? Uh, I'm. I feel like they did because I watch it because I have DirecTV. So even though we're in Arizona, so we're Pacific time or Mountain time. You if you have coast, yeah, if you have DirecTV, you get it. It's East Coast, so. I watch it at like six o'clock in the afternoon where it's nine o'clock there, but it was real dark. And then when I watched the replay, it was a lot lighter at a lot of battle scenes. So I believe they lightened it up because people were complaining. It was amazing, man. It was absolutely amazing. Corbin looks like he's in the battle of Winterfell right now. <laughs> was a light. I know. Now I'm, I'm just going to let the, I was trying. This is when I said I had one more thing to say before we went on. The thing was, and I expect ridicule. I have, I, I have not watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. Okay, good. Then we're not going to spoil anything. Okay, no, you won't. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I'm successfully quiet here. So I'm trying to like subliminally soak in information, but I can't fake it so I make it on this because yeah. I, I don't watch Game of Thrones either. Oh, okay. So, okay. That. It's just not my I, thing. And I've been looking forward to this conversation. So I have a theory <laughs> though. Like this is where I usually I usually mute. <laughs> okay he sits back yeah well i have a theory because you were complaining about the um the cinematography and like how it looks all fake in and the overproduced yeah i think this season being only six episodes i think they were all shot at the same time they were all shot simultaneously and it's shot to be watched on the big screen yeah, that's why I think that episode was so dark because I think it it's shot purposely to be because they normally do that tour where they take the orchestra. Yeah, I think it's meant for for that, so it's yeah. going to be better in a bigger on a big screen. Well, like that, a movie theater. This episode, the new episode, took fifty five days to film. How crazy is that? Because yeah. they didn't because they wanted to spend so much money on the um the dragon battle, they want that made them use a lot of the they couldn't use CG in the big battle. So they really had to get a lot of those people and extras and set it all up. So that's why um we waited two years is because just this episode took 55 days just to film. Not and that doesn't mean yeah. anything else. So and it took them nine months to film all six episodes of the season. I mean, f- that's unbelievable. I mean Anyways, um, a couple of things I want to talk with you about, Matt, is one, give you props for calling that uh, Stark uh, parents thing in the crypt with all the the Stark um, relatives, you know, showed up. I had I didn't even think about that once until you said it and it happened. But um, another thing that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but I I don't know if I brought this up last show, but I have a, a, a theory that Jamie is Azora High, um, the guy that's supposed to come back, the, the guy that the prince that was promised was all based on and everything. And um, the reason I say that is because um, if you look at the the old stories about the prince that was promised, one of the, it, now I hope I'm telling this right, and maybe I have some things mixed up. I hope not. But 
where the the prince that you know brought the fire out the way he did that is he had to stab his wife right with the sword um because and that was the only way so he had to kill his wife in order to get the sword to light on fire and have that crazy sword and everything that azora high guy and for the for the um thing to come true and they've been waiting for that person to come back i think that person's jamie um and the reason why i say that is because so much uh, of the um being the kingslayer and the swordsman and all that stuff and then in order for the prince you know him to do the same thing is what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to kill cersei and i think that once he kills cersei that that uh thing will be um that premonition will be realized and one thing in that episode that not a lot of people saw is there was a that part where um samuel got knocked back and he looks he's looking to his left as everything's going crazy and he looks and you're he's looking through fire and he's looking at jamie why would they show that you know what i mean like samuel like turns and he's they spend like you know 10 seconds showing that whole thing and you're supposed to realize you know look at something there and samuel is the guy that talks about all the prophecy and you know figures it out and all this so I really think Jamie's going to be that Azor Ahai prince that was promised. So we'll see. Uh, let's see. Grizzle Geek says, 50% of nerds on the podcast haven't seen Game of Thrones. What? Where am I? I agree. Kyle just yeah. doesn't like it. He says it's boring. Well, he, Kyle just said, Game of Thrones puts me to sleep. Every time I try to watch it, it bores me for some reason. Um, it, it, is, it is a lot going on. But Have you tried watching it, Corbin? You know what? One episode is just like, I think you can be a geek. I specialize in comics. Like it's just not my, I think that there's several different um, subsets to this. I don't think I have to embrace everything, you know? Um, and for me, I, I did try watching when I actually read the first book. It, it's, it's, it's just not my thing. You know what I mean? I, I don't even know how to. No, that's really totally fine, man. Yeah. yeah. So one and the passion for it. I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll listen in, but I, I, can't even pretend to be an authority or anything on the subject because you know, I'm not following like every set of bated breath. Like people are watching um, Avengers Endgame and you know, um, this last game of Thrones episode and like, Oh my God, mega Sunday. I just watched Endgame twice. Mega Sunday. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go. <laughs> I watched Endgame twice that weekend and game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing about this episode, no life for the win. <laughs> Another thing about this episode that was absolutely amazing and that I noticed it more than any is the score. The score in this episode was different than majority of all the episodes because it was a little bit new wave type music, like Stranger Things type stuff. And there was a couple of uh, moments with the score that they played it perfectly with the episode. Like um, there's a moment where you're, you're, you're freaking out, you're worried and all this crazy shit's getting ready to happen. Basically when, um, when the, uh, the riders first go in and, and they have, everything comes back and they're waiting. You, the, there's a drum in the background that's playing like a deep drum and it's playing a heartbeat, but a sped up heartbeat. And you don't even realize it, you know, unless you pay attention, but it just adds to the, craziness and then there was a part um where the, the music was so good that i actually am gonna go search it out and, because it was cool, so cool i want to just play it you know uh really really up tempo um new score type stuff so i don't know i i think it's more than just the story they they killed it on everything with this they didn't nothing looked fake i was so stoked that they killed the night king this way because it gives us 
a breath and, and to set you up for another episode because everybody's saying that episode five is going to be crazier than this one. So. See, I, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that they killed the Night King in this episode because you've spent so many seasons building up to this and they just kill him in the episode, one episode. But, but that's what makes this show so but, amazing is that yeah. nobody's safe. Right. I know. I understand. Like, I know another it, show I watch that's like that. What? Where nobody's safe. What show? The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, this is the first show. Like, I I felt like I literally couldn't breathe at one point. Like, it took like you felt suffocated. Like when you see um, all the Darthraki get their blades lit up yes. and then they ride into battle, and then all of a sudden, like all the all the the fire goes out, yes. and then they start hauling ass back. When that wall of just dead oh, soldiers dash, yeah. Instant. And then they're up again. It made it hit them like a wave at the beach. Yes. Like I was like, oh, oh and, and man. Then, like it was like suffocating how many and, it looked like. And then after that, all the light went out and all the, the front line is sitting there watching the lights dim. That's where that heart thing starts going because you could, you can also hear in the background all the dead making that crazy sounds that they make. And that's all you could hear. So you knew that they were coming and you're just waiting for it. And they, yeah. would, show, they would show quick takes of like all the main characters and they're just like, holy shit, we're fucked. You know what I mean? Completely fucked. And um, that was, there were so many points with each character in this episode where they could have died multiple times and got saved. Um, so that was amazing. I think the the Red Priestess play in this episode was absolutely perfect. You know, she shows up first and like, how does she get through that, right? How does she get through all those, the the dead and everything? Well, she's got magic too, right? And yeah. that was the whole thing. This whole series is that the Red Priestess magic is going to have to help out with against the, the, the White Walkers. The other cool thing was when John is up in the air in that battle and he looks down and he sees all the White Walkers just holding just sitting there on their horses because all the 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 reanimated dead are gone and he just and all those white walkers are just chilling there on their horses you know and he goes in after them and then the the all the snow but that that part was really cool too i i wanted to i think it could have been split into two and the episode could have ended where he where the night king gets knocked off the dragon yeah like it could have ended there and then picked up yep i i wanted to know i like i wanted to see him versus john one and one Yes. Like when he raises the dead, instead of turning around and walking away, if like they would have just fought for a little bit before he walked away. No, like, see, I, that, I think that would have been dope. I, I mean, it would have been cool, but that's what I liked about that part because the white, the, the night King's like, you're fucking nothing. I'm just going to raise my dead and let them deal with you. And I'm going to go get what I need and go get Bran. And how fucking cool was it with Theon? They played the way they played Theon at the end. No creepy Bran. This is the, the episode where Bran, you know, when he tells Theon he's a good man and like you're like, that was fucking badass. Um really I thought then, Bran was real creepy in this episode. And I thought he had terrible dialogue. I thought like, it was the exact opposite. Like when he's like, I'm going to go now, and his well, eyes roll on the back of his head, and then he like transforms in all the the ravens. See, I thought the exact opposite. I thought this is the one of the first few episodes in a while where he actually has good dialogue and he good acting. But here's another thing that I want to talk about because I thought it was so awesome. I've always think, thought that Bran was the most powerful character, right? I, I always thought that the way that we were going to beat the, the white, the Night King was he was going to warg into one of the dragons and kill the Night King that way somehow, you know, maybe warg into Viserion or something. But anyways, the cool thing that they did instead is 
when Arya killed the Night King, the knife that she used was the knife that Bran gave her because Bran already knew. Like, this is the only, just like Doctor Strange in Endgame, this is the only way we win this scenario is if she has this mm. knife. I thought Littlefinger gave her that dagger. That's no. the dagger Littlefinger gives her. No, Bran gives it to her, but Bran, because Bran took it from Littlefinger, you remember? I think, I, I think, so long ago. yeah, there was a point where Bran gives it to her and says, you know, uh, who, who gave, Littlefinger gave it to Bran. And that's when Bran knew that Littlefinger was the, the bad guy, remember? I think I think it was cool that she killed him with the same the same dagger flip move that she pulled on Brianna Tar. Yeah, when they were when they were sparring. Yeah, it was just um, a great episode altogether. Um, I've watched it four times since then. So I mean, if if a show's that good for to be able to watch that many times in that short a period, um, and for I think Matt was, you said it best where it could have been two episodes. There was a point when I was watching it for the first time and the 50 minute, uh, I looked and there was 50 minutes gone by and I'm like, holy shit, this is only halfway over. Yeah. It went fast. And and you're like, how can this be any good? Like the whole time you're just, you're in complete doubt that anything good is going to happen. And, uh, until the very last, you know, 10 minutes or five minutes of the show, you know, so and you get to find out that clearly the Night King is Targaryen. I don't he think can, so. he can, dude. He rides a dragon, and when she hits him with the fire, he's the only one that serve, he's the only one to walk away from it. All the other White Walkers die. I think he's a Stark. So I don't think so. I think he's Targaryen. I think he is. Um, I think he's the Mad King. I think he might be the Mad King brought back. Um, I think he's Targaryen, and and that's why. Because he goes after Daenerys, like he, Daenerys, like he doesn't pay attention to John. He doesn't know that John is as Targaryen, also. So there's there's some disconnect there. So that's why it makes me think that like it might be her her father reincarnated, going back for his throne. Um, I think it's a Stark. I think it's a Stark, and I think it has something to do with a there will always be a Stark in Winterfell prophecy type thing. Right. And I think that we're not going to see. I don't think this is the end of the Night King. This is what's crazy. I think that we're going to see something to do with the Night King coming back. If it's not just a little sign of, you know, because there's always going to be death, right? And the Night King is the embodiment of death. Tim says, but he commands the dead and the dragon with it. Yes, but only Targaryen. It it said that only Targaryens are the one that can walk through fire. Daenerys does it when she um, burns down that hut. She walks out when it's all on fire. And she blasts him point blank with with the dragon's fire and he's still standing. So that to me tells me he's, he's Targaryen. He's got that bloodline or that lineage there because he's not hurt by the dragon's fire. Mm. But the, the one thing I really didn't like about this episode is, is all the, the foreshadowing the, the red witch did like when she tells Arya, you're going to, what did I tell you that I would close many eyes, green, brown, and blue. That you knew right then, oh, she's going to kill the Night King. I didn't know that. I didn't think about that at all. I, and I should have. I should have, but I didn't think about that at all. I thought yeah, that, John, John's been burned in the past because he's Targaryen, Tim. <laughs> John is Targaryen. He's, he's Daenerys' nephew. Yeah. He's the, yeah, her, he's the, the, yeah, the son of her brother and Ned Stark's sister. Yeah. So that's why he can ride a dragon too. It's 
going to be interesting um, to see how that plays out. Because she did not take kindly to that information. Yeah. Well, and like I said, she it came. She had a decision to make, and it was either John was surrounded. She could have left him there to die. Yep. So she came back to save him. Yeah. And then she ended up getting herself in trouble. And yeah. I like and I like when all the the dead are jumping over her dragon, and he's trying to fly away. And then like for the rest of the episode, you just see dead people raining down from the yeah. sky. Yeah. I, I, there's so many we could talk about this show for yeah. hours man it's so good and i feel really bad that corbin and kyle haven't got into it because i wasn't i didn't get into it till the second season i thought the first season was really boring this and that and then i started watching the second season and it grabbed me so i i think this is a show that if anybody out there hasn't seen it just give it another shot and stick with it for a couple seasons because it's it's worth it um I agree. I agree with Jay. I think uh, I think Arya takes it all. I think she sits on the throne. I think that I really think that Cersei could still win out, and I hate to say that. I don't. I don't. I think Cersei might kill uh, Daenerys. I think Cersei kills Jaime for betraying her, and I think that uh, um, Tyrion ends up killing her. See, I could see Tyrion and Sansa living. And getting together and playing that out, I could. I I also definitely, you know, my main thing is I see Jamie killing um, Cersei, and that's how he becomes Azora High. Um, the problem is, is that the Starks are always going to be fearful of the future if Cersei's there, right? So I think Cersei's going to try and figure out a, a way to to throw a like, um, what is that word? Uh, where you you know join together with the Starks. And nobody's going to know it. And she's going to try and make um, Sansa betray. uh, I think, I think this is where they get you. They've spent so much time showing you that nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. And there's no happy endings in this. Yeah. I, I think if you don't expect to have, if you don't at least expect everyone to make it and see John or Daenerys sit on the throne, I I think you're, you're not paying attention because I think they're going to, flip the script and give you a happy ending when everyone's expecting it to be a, a horrific everybody dies i don't know if that's happy i think that would be great but the other thing is we're being set up right now for a couple of major like hit you in the gut deaths and braun they set up braun to kill either Tyrion or jamie I hope that neither one of those happens. I hope that Braun, you know, joins them and does something, you know, to save them. We also got Clegane Bowl coming, right? So that'll be cool. Um, yeah, there's a couple. There's some major hit you in the gut deaths coming. Oh, I'm not saying there won't be, but I'm just saying like everyone's expecting everyone to die, and there'd be this crazy, you know ending and maybe the crazy ending is is that john makes it and he rules the seven kingdoms i think that'd be great i'd be stoked for that Um, or john and daenerys end up getting married and ruling together it's going to be something it's going to be something crazy like that i think it's going to be people are going to overreact to it because it's something they didn't expect from the show because you expect everyone to die yeah like between the red wedding and then when Arya killed everyone and you know you get all these deaths. No one's expecting anyone to make it out alive. Well, here's the other thing. Um, you know, this next episode's going to be, I don't think people are going to be too happy about it because it's going to be setting up another, you know, a ride. So it might not be as big in the whole season as 
uh, anything else. But I think obviously episode five is going to be completely crazy. Um, and episode this last episode was, I don't know how much you can, how much crazier you can get than that. Um, but I really think also I have a lot of respect on how they ended the episode. I think it was one of the best ways to end that episode. Melisandre just to walk out disappear during, during the dawn. You know what I mean? She's walking out. The sun's rising, you know, first time that this is going to happen, you know, a long time. And, you know, because she's done that she did her job. And just like Beric Dondarrion, he, his job was to save Arya, you know? Well, and that's what she prophesizes the entire episode. I won't be here. And then I won't be here once the sun comes up and, But like, but it was well at that time you thought that it was because the dead was going to kill everybody and that's what Davos thought right he's like yeah yeah we're not going to make it through this but the cool thing also how they ended it it was silent there was no music we waited for the mm-hmm. music for a while and I I love when they do stuff like that when it's necessary um, Avengers did it on Infinity War and um, uh, Game of Thrones did it really good in this last episode. Jay, I think that um, he says I expect Danny to turn on John because she's Iron Throne drunk. I think if she was going to do it, she would. She had her chance. She had her chance when he was surrounded. She didn't have to come back and save him. I said last week that there was going to come a point where she would have to make a decision where it was either the Iron Throne or go or go back for him. And that's she had the option, and it came it came to fruition. She had the option, and she chose to to make that power move to go back for him instead of taking the throne for herself but um but yeah i'm super stoked for next week's episode hopefully um like i said i had i enjoyed this week's episode i thought it was um suspenseful i had my issues with it but um all in all yeah but that would be the perfect time to do it jay is when they're in battle because it you know she can play it off like oh i, I just couldn't save him and you totally saw that she had that that option but but yeah i'm super excited to see how it ends yeah it's gonna be awesome all right let's let's move on and let's get kyle and corbin back in here since they're both just maxing and relaxing i feel so bad because i know corbin's ready to talk talk end game oh yeah but before uh, so before we talk end game i want to you you went and you did the Marvel movie twenty two movies in a row marathon, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to get your uh, your perspective on on how that went and kind of like hear a little bit about how how that worked out for you. Uh, it was equal parts amazing and terrifying at the same time that I was experiencing. It was like you said, twenty two movies, uh, fifty nine hours. There's a whole lot going on. It started at ten in the morning on. What Tuesday now? A Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Yep. Where it started with Iron Man. They played every movie um, in the order it was released, so it wasn't exactly chronologically by story, but you know by okay, Iron Man two thousand eight, Incredible Hulk the same year, and going from there. And and it was it was fun. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, individually, you come in. I got my rest. I packed heavy. I brought a big bag, and I was kind of ready for the experience because it wasn't overnight deal. They had half hour breaks in between each movie. But for the most part, you knew when you came in, you were coming for the long haul. And there was a few people who did leave to sleep in their cars or some who left like entire stretches. I was sitting next to a person who didn't like Captain America. And I was like, congratulations, you're going to see a lot of Captain America 
you know, the next 69 hours. But she left every time there was a Captain America movie, um, like went home. So, you know, to each his own. That was cool. But yeah, it was something else. Uh, that's all I got to say. I mean, you know, you start off strong, um, all of Iron Man, all of Incredible Hulk, uh, Thor, all of that. And then as the movies keep going, on the one hand, it's really cool because you know how they, it just shows you how rich a story this was and, and ultimately how much more satisfying Endgame is. That in watching all those movies in succession, you get to see each Easter egg, each um, end credit scene, and how it directly ties into the next story. Even if, let's say, it's a story like Ant-Man, where in itself it was self-contained, it has an Easter egg that leads into the larger continuity of the MCU. So, so that was fun from movie experience. Um, from personal experience, it, it was equal parts great and torture. Um, sleep was just incredibly hard to get, even in the recliner seats. I mean, you're watching a Marvel movie. So you get sleepy, you know, you start drifting off maybe, and then boom, there's an explosion or, 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 Oh, the battle of Wakanda. Wow. Congratulations. You're up again. Um, that, that definitely came in and, and um, it, it startled me many times. I was like, Oh, gotta get up. Oh, gotta get up. So, I mean, the 59 hours, I pretty much tracked each movie that I sort of kind of missed or slept through and ultimately was total up to nine hours. So I got nine hours of sleep in those three days, but Parkins was accommodating. Uh, they served as breakfast the two days we were there, which was really cool. Um, you know, the, they had the news um, come in during one of the days, so that was kind of fun. You know, we meeting other Marvel fans, other comic fans was really cool and, and kind of making, you know, friends for that period of time. So I, I, can't, I can't complain. It really only made Endgame that much more satisfying when that time came on Thursday at 5 o'clock. I'm gonna. I was gonna say. I think you got a new biggest fan in that reporter. She seemed to definitely. You know what's funny? Okay, okay. Everyone is saying that. I mean, and I was like, now we're just talking right? normal, huh? It was Anita, right? Um, no, it was. Um, oh my gosh, the name, the name. She follows me on Twitter. One second, I'm gonna get this. Oh, she follows you on Twitter now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It came out of nowhere. Okay, listen, but one second. Like, um, while you're looking at that, fair, fair point to be made. If you look at that interview, like the news report, you see like how just like charismatic and upfront and like just what kind of personality you have versus yeah. like the rest of these people where they're like shut-ins and they're, like they don't talk to people. Like you can, you can definitely see in the way they talk and respond in their body language that like they were nervous and not used to this. And you're just kind of like out there and Hey, what's going on? Yeah. And like you just got that popping personality where, where both those people are just kind of like, I don't know what to do with my hands. They were like Ricky Bobby the first time he won a race in Talladega night. When did they do those interviews? Like were you before the movies started? So no, it was actually it was actually during one of the breaks. Um, oh, so by her name, Marcy Jones, she's awesome. Yeah, but um, no, it was during the one of the morning breaks. So I want to say, I first ran to news crews around like six in the morning because I left. God, brushed my teeth, like started tweeting because I was live tweeting and stuff like that. Um, not live tweeting, but just you know staying up on social media. And so I ran into them and I was like, oh, that's cool, but I wasn't really paying attention. And that was where they were like, oh, we're going to bring in, um, we're going to be coming in the theater. And they came into theater, I think Channel 3 um, and Channel 15 and kind of did like some shots of like us in the theater, like just after the movie had ended to kind of catch us there. And then they also had a few of us that they pulled that you were referencing um, as we came out to get our food. So that was a big surprise. There was no promise or anything about the breakfast that they were having. They kind of had boasted donuts, yogurt, orange juice. I mean, you're eating popcorn and, and drinking soda for most of the night. That's a yeah. welcome uh, surprise. So because of that, 
that was kind of the event where all of us came out. And while we were coming out, you know, you had Channel 3, Channel 5, Channel 10 that were there kind of getting people to do interviews. And so that was kind of where I happened to be um, on my phone. I put my food down to take a picture. And while I did, they'd ask me if I wanted to do an interview. And I was like, you know, sure, why not? And that that's exactly how that came about. That's cool. It, it was really kind of cool. But you could tell the people are like, just zombies just to get their food and then, oh, cameras. What do yeah. I do? You know, and it, yeah, yeah. Um, how many, did you only get interviewed on the one station or did you do more interviews? Um, I only got interviewed on one. I actually got, it was twice. So the first one was really plugging like the work I do in the podcast. I didn't obviously make it. The second yeah. one did. Um, uh, aside from that, I was in another one, the Channel 15, but it was just like a wide shot of all of us. Like it wasn't exclusive. And I mean, to be honest, I wasn't even really, I guess one of I could have been like, hey, you know, yeah. I'd love to talk. Like, find me. You'll, you'll get a good interview. But I, I was just happy to even be around at the time. Um, but, yeah, they were definitely looking for people. And, I mean, you know, some of us were more forthcoming than others. <laughs> you should have you been repping and popping a comic playground shirt. You know what's funny? Okay, so we're getting um, tomorrow, free comic book day. We'll actually have a comic playground shirt. So, nice. yeah, I felt bad because I told Frankie, I'm like, listen, I repped this. It's going to be good. You know, stay tuned. And then they played the one where I was talking about the donuts and my family. And I was like, okay, you know, I did rep y'all though. Like we, we in here, you know? And I mean, I did get some networking. You know, so that was kind of fun, but ultimately, man, I'm, the experience just made me, and I am sure it's a great segue. I'm trying here. Just made me appreciate Endgame that much more. Having seen all 22 of those movies in such a condensed uh, uh, form of time. Do you think it was, it was good seeing it in, like chronological order by release or would you do you wish they would have did it like chronological order by the way the story goes like captain mar like captain america first then captain marvel then iron man um you know what's funny that's a good question i actually like the way they released it chronologically only because they made certain jokes that were time sensitive uh you know the early iron man you had the flip phone uh the incredible hulk the first one was incredibly um let's say um honest or, or really more of a, of a, there was many gestures to like the Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno, um, yeah. all the later movies didn't even decide to touch. So I think for that time, it was perfect because you could see the evolution in the technology and how things went. Um, did they play movies. the Eric Bonner Hulk? Huh? Did they play the Eric Bonner Hulk? Oh, no, thank God. Oh, no. Yeah, they did the, um, Edward, Norton. Edward, Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I, I actually liked that one. Um, I see why they didn't, you know, obviously stuff behind the scenes, why they didn't reference it again, really. But I liked that Incredible Hulk. I'm glad they didn't do the 2003 one. But no. But um, I think most of it was because they decided to, to switch Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo. So they didn't yeah. reference it ever again. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, they and Yeah. I kind of wish they brought, I mean, they brought back General Ross. I wish they brought back Betty. I mean, what does she have to do with it? You know what I mean? But yeah. My own individual, right? <laughs> oh, man. But it, it was a lot of fun, um, definitely for the diehards and the crazies there. Uh, I just felt like when I finally got out that I was just like, whoa. I mean, I went outside several times, but like, oh, like this is it. I'm not coming back in 22 minutes for another movie. Yeah, um, yeah so it was, it was cool. How many, uh, what what movie, well, I should say what movie, I don't say how many times. What movie did you look around and just see like the entire theater basically sleeping? Okay, and, did you know, it, and did anyone get kicked out for snoring? <laughs> okay, you know what's funny? I'm glad nobody got kicked out for snoring because I am also a snorer and it would have been bad. But there was some people who snored way like this was great for me because I was so self conscious about my snoring. Like, oh man, it's gonna be bad. I'm gonna keep it up. But there were some people who had some weird snores, and I was like, 
<laughs> like, okay. Like, I'm good. <laughs> the guy that's got a little bit of sleep apnea going and kind of chokes, oh, yeah. and you're not sure what's going on. One guy, like, he slept like, like a little mini guy. <laughs> and that was kind of disconcerting, but whatever. Um, Honestly, and this kind of was a little, I don't, I don't even feel that bad, to be honest with you, but it, it kind of hurt me a little bit. Black Panther, everyone was out. I was looking around, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm doing, you know, I'm hype. I'm looking around, it's like silent. And mind you, it is six in the morning. That yeah. this, um, this was the last day, but that that was definitely silent. I mean, I think the most, the the, the craziest was when um, Infinity War was being played. Um, and I mean, throughout it, you could also see little nuggets. Like, I'm I'm sure we're all the Easter egg guys and, and the guys who know the stuff between it. You could see the people who knew knew it like oh wow this is funny like the, the inside jokes and everything and those who didn't um and then we even have one guy who was hilarious how this turned out the harkins pr guy came and he was like oh we have a guy in here who hadn't seen a guy apparently paid for a ticket to watch every movie he had not seen a single mcu movie before this get out of town he left midway through incredible hall never came back <laughs> <laughs> I guess he had a hundred dollars to burn. I, I do not know his story or what happened there, but the PR guy didn't know this. He's like, we have a guy here who, you know, hasn't seen any MCU movies stand up. And we're all like, he left. Like, he was like, oh, okay. You know, this. I, I wouldn't like, I wanted, uh, I wanted to do it, man. Props to you. I wanted to do it so bad, but I was like, I didn't want to take the time off of work. And I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can make that like 22 movies straight. I was I like, oof. I was too scared about my snoring. That's a lot mm-hmm. of the See, okay, so I have someone who's that was me, but then I was like, you know, you gotta put those fears away. I, I almost deluded myself into thinking that I would stay up the entire experience. That fell with the crash, like what, Iron Man 3? <laughs> like, like it wasn't happening. But yeah, that was me. I was really concerned about it. I'm like, oh man, I snore and like it's gonna be loud. But they were really, really chill for that. Like, I mean, like I said, all sorts of weird noises. You and put they had your pillow people. over someone's face, <laughs> huh? So did you put your pillow over someone's snoring face? Oh yeah. I mean, I tried to like put my hoodie on and like be discreet about it. They gave us blankets and stuff, so I'm like, you know, I'm trying to play cool. And only when I felt I was gonna fall asleep, because I fall asleep like, like it's de- like I'm out. It's not like oh we're going there, no. And then when I wake up, I have like a weird thing where I wake up and like my eyes. I don't know if you can see, but like, like that's how I wake up. My eyes just open. I don't even look around like. It's it's weird. So I was very self-conscious about that, but they were super chill. And honestly, like it was a diverse group. I mean, they had I was sitting next to two eighth graders for the entire experience. And then behind me was um a couple who had dro- drove out from Tucson for it. And then just to the side of me were six guys who had been gaming partners for like seven years and had never met in person except for this event. So it, it was cool. Yeah, it was really cool just to kind of look to your left and right and, and meet people and you know, kind of have that experience. Again, we're not going to talk or even be Facebook friends or anything after this, but like, you know, we're kindred spirits for the 59 hours. Jay wants to know in the chat, did someone bring a CPAP machine? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say the same thing. No. I mean, I was surprised by like the lack of baggage that people brought with them. Like, I mean, there was several people. I was like, did y'all not realize that like, you know, you'll be staying over. Like people just came in one pair of clothes. I mean, I had a bag. I had two bags. I got, I, I was talking about this earlier. I had my, you know, my toothbrush, my lotion, all of my essentials. And then my hair stuff. Like, I was real. I changed my shirt like every eight hours. I was serious. And then you had others who like, they didn't bring anything. But no, we were that just. Me. I just would have walked 
I just would have walked in, not fucking the goddamn thing. And you would have left during Hulk. <laughs> exactly. So no, CPAT, there was no there was no machines there. You were getting all the snoring in all its glory. And it happened in such weird hours. You have people snoring at six in the morning and snoring at three in the afternoon and snoring at seven, like early birds. So, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, because you're not, I mean, other than you're not really seeing outside unless you go out during your break. So it's got to really screw with your sleep schedule, especially when you're trying to watch all these movies. Yeah. And how crazy, like you watch, you know, you get up at nine, you watch two movies. It's like three. It's like, whoa, like that time just kind of zapped, you know? You but, you may not know, but Jay wants to know, did did anyone actually make it all the way through without sleeping at all? Um, There was one dude who got through. No. Okay. To answer your question, short answer, no. Um. I think he got like 49 hours. I think he got through 49 that he said he hadn't slept. And it was like different people up to like kind of stand with that because he was keeping that to himself. But after that, I caught him dozing off. So no, he didn't make it. <laughs> um, we, there were several who tried either, you know, either a due to being embarrassed if they fell asleep and snored or B like actually thought they had a chance, but nah, all 40, 59 hours couldn't be done. Did you see anybody actually lay down on the floor to go to sleep? You know, it's funny. Okay, so, yeah. Um, we had one person who sat in the front of the theater, and, I mean, he wasn't really supposed to, but he did anyway, who, like, there wasn't, like, it was all packed, but people were leaving in the front more than anyone else, and he just kind of, like, rolled out in the front, like, of the chair. So that, that was interesting. Um, more often than not, people just, like, you know, put the reclining chair all the way back, and they were kind of conscientious about, like, okay, let's make sure that, like, you know, people are keeping their stuff in the aisles and everything. So even he didn't get away with it for long, but there was one person who attempted to. So could use the guy. You should have brought a tent. Just pitch a tent in the front of the theater. <laughs> you know, <laughs> have a little campfire going. <laughs> exactly. Three in the morning, right between, I mean, it was in the Chandler Mall. So right between the Buffalo Wild Wings and the theater, you have me, uh, you know, Fort Iron Man or something. I don't know. <laughs> Oh man! Fucking cool. I have a tent there. <laughs> yep, yeah. Man, it's got to stink for the to be the people who work at theaters that weekend, and especially for that having to be there all hours of the night with you guys. So, did they oh, warn you in advance when you had to move theaters? Huh? Did you get like a? Did they say okay after Iron Man three, we're gonna move over to uh, uh, movie theater eight? Yeah, that's exactly what they did, actually. So, I mean, we were switch. We were going to switch more. We switched. They said, okay, after Spider-Man Homecoming, we'll switch here. And after this movie, we switched there. Um, and there was one hilarious point. In fact, I actually got a free, like, Harkins movie pass out of it, where we switched at the Avengers, and they played the Avengers, like, midnight on the first night. And so we switched to the other theater. But for whatever reason, the other theater wouldn't, it, like, it played the normal movie. But then, like, after, let's say, a person said a certain line, you would hear it again, like, as, like, a background echo effect. It was, like, a weird audio thing. Um, and so it was funny. We got through, like, right when they introduced Black Widow in The Avengers, and it kept, like, making that that kind of audio error. And so they stopped the movie and restarted. And they had to restart, like, four different times, like, 12.45, before they were like, okay, listen, we're going to have to move back to the other theater. Um, we're sorry about it, yada, yada. So that, that was kind of weird. I'd never seen that before. But, yeah, they were really kind of diligent about ushering us between back and forth, kind of keeping them, you know, well, you know, aired and, and, and relatively clean uh, for all of us who were there. It's an experience, man. It really was. I'm actually glad. I mean, walking out, I was like, oh my gosh, I was dead. And it wasn't anything 
it didn't really all hit me at once until the very next day after I'd had my other crazy adventures, like going home, watching again, all of that. But it was, yeah, it was an experience and a half. I mean, I got a collectible coin out of it, a blanket with the Avengers stuff on it, um, a nice cool poster. Uh, you know, that was fun. But the experience was was more often like the prevailing, um, the prevailing positive experience there. I can only imagine. Like my brother works in a movie theater and he's telling me all the stories and nasty people like just in during endgame, like leaving leaving piss bottles behind and, oh my and God. stuff like that. And it's like man, I can only imagine the kind of stuff that could have happened at you know, three days straight of that crap. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hear about piss bottles. That's crazy. I mean, that's we I mean the way I looked at it, like you've we've seen everyone who's there, except for the one dude who left like two movies in. Um, we all pretty much seen most of them. Like, you know, when to leave and when not to, like, I know the first or not the first, the second Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like barely in the theater. Like I was like, I've, I've seen this enough and it's not my cup of tea. Like where you can leave and kind of go out and plus people wanted to use their phones. So I don't think we're ever at that spot. And then what they yeah. did before Endgame, they gave us almost an hour break. Um, not only for the PR stuff of getting our collectibles and everything, but also just to kind of get ready for that event. So we all had, ample time to, to go and, 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 you know, do what we had to do and settle in. And I, I don't think that happened there, but the fact that that, wow, that's, that's just foul. Yeah. That's a, that's right. Straight, straight up foul. It's three And you're just like, well, you know, unless you got in your right and left is okay with you just flipping it out and do what you got to do in the bottle. Like, I mean, geez. Right. It's three that's hours. Like, yeah. It's, like you've never seen a three hour movie before. Like for real. I mean, come on now. Go to the bathroom then. Yeah, have at least some decency. Have some respect, friend. Like, come on. But well, I'm glad I'm glad that was an experience for you, man. That's something you'll carry with you for forever. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Hey, next time we have another marathon. <laughs> next time we have another marathon. If I see it on Facebook, I'm tagging y'all. We we gotta... <laughs> Hey, you make sure you remember that you saw all those movies. <laughs> Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I'm, uh, if they ever do it again, I'm definitely, I'm definitely good. I'm, I'm going to go for sure. You watch I won't, movie. I won't forget. I won't oh, forget. Cool. I mean, as long as we got people represent, you know. I feel like they do that every new Star Wars release. They do the same thing, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, like the Star Wars can even at this point, we can still watch it all in a day, right? Uh, no. Not Wait, nine uh, nine movies. Oh, rebels! You know, my math was way off. Forget that. Let's strike off the record, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> two yeah. and a half hours per. Yeah, yeah. you. Probably, yeah, yes. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, you're right. I would totally I mean, leave the theater oh. during during Attack of the Clones and then come back. <laughs> That's episode two is just straight butthole. Other than Darth Maul, it's heavy. Yeah. yeah. What other movie franchises do you think you could get a marathon out of? Just like that, they would do with the new release. They do. James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, yeah. James Bond. Sherlock Holmes, maybe. No, it, dep- no, it depends. I don't think you you could get a Sherlock Holmes because there's too many different. I, I would think they'd be like a Batman one with like the 80th anniversary and all, but you know everyone's gonna leave doing Batman and Robin. So yeah. Uh, Jay, Matt, I have to ask your TV is always on what's on it. You know, I go from watching TV and uh, to doing the the episode. So I just mute my TV. I don't even know what, what was on. 
I was watching uh, the TV show Superstore before we started the podcast. So there that, you go. That good. That's a Canadian uh, show, right? Superstore? No, it's a it's a U.S. show. Oh, okay. It's a it's a it's a pretty funny show. Uh, Jay says Star Trek. Yeah. Jay says Star Trek theater marathon. Yeah, you can do that. That's true. Yeah, but I, I think that's I, just like the marathon season this year, except for maybe Star Wars, right? Yeah, um, I was gonna say, I think I understand why they did it for Endgame, but you almost wonder why they just didn't wait till Spider Man Far From Home, since Spider Man Far From Home is actually the definitive end. Oh, they're gonna do of it again. the first, yeah, of the first chapter of this. I have so. thoughts on this too. Like, what's with the timing of that? Because it, you're right, Phase Three is ends with Spider Man with Spider Man Far From Home, but like the definitive end, like the perfect end to this story would have been. Well, like, yeah. I don't see how you, I don't see how I leave the theater after far from home and go, okay, great. There's a great send off. And now I'm ready for, you know, the next phase, like end game was that. So this kind of minor continuity issue is kind of like a bigger deal to me, I guess. And I'm, I'm sure you guys feel the same way in the sense of like, but why though? Like, I, well, get I, think, come- it's, I think it's end game is the definitive end to the Avengers as we currently know them in the current team. Mm-hmm. And then Spider-Man Far From Home is the definitive end of the events that have played out over these 22, 23 movies. Like, it's the definitive end of the Infinity Saga. Okay. Because it, it picks up hours after the events of Endgame from what I've read. So Yeah. Hey, you guys, you're all adults now. Let's go on this field trip. Hey, yeah, right? I just came back from the dead. Let's, let's go on vacation. Well, we'll mm-hmm. get into that. So... Uh, yeah right here spoiler warning moving forward we're going to start talking about Endgame if you've not seen Endgame now is the perfect time to shut the episode off leave come back um, listen to it on Monday when it goes live on the audio platforms whatever you got to do we understand thanks for hanging out in the chat Um, but from this point forward we're going to talk Endgame we're going to talk spoilers we gave you a week we told you you last week you got a week so we're going to talk spoilers we're going to talk um, everything Endgame related. So at this point, if you're still here, we're gonna take it that you see Endgame, and uh, let's do it. So again, spoiler warning. Don't I don't want to see any negative comments or hate that you spoilers fags. Yeah, well here you go. This is <laughs> you're getting your spoiler warning right here. So let's do it. Endgame. <laughs> I want to know what everyone thought of of Endgame. I thought it was good. I thought it was excellent movie, amazing. I thought it. I don't think it was as good as Infinity War, though. I'm ooh okay. Well, you you we had this discussion before last week's episode because I didn't want to do it on the 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 show. Yeah, like you had some. What beefs did you have with it? All right, so here's the biggest beef, and the best way I can explain this is is to talk about uh, a different movie, and that's pacing. So. Um, the, in my opinion, the greatest movie when it comes to pacing that I can remember that I've seen is Training Day. Training Day was so good that and the pacing was perfect and there wasn't a point where you felt you know, bored or you thought about things other than the movie. And I think that Avengers Infinity War did that exact they, – they met that perfectly. I, there was not a point watching that whole thing where I turned to somebody in the movie theater and went, that's kind of boring. You know what I mean? 
during in, uh, end game, there was multiple points where I did that. And then there, and then, so, so the pacing to me was a little lacking and, and I, I don't blame them because how do you hit, you know, hit a hundred or, you know, hit for a thousand percent two years in a row. You know what I mean? It's very hard to do that. And they, they did it perfectly with infinity war. It's hard to match, you know, something that good, but there was the other main point is there was a couple moments, two or three moments where I literally looked at my brother and went, that was fucking dumb. Like that was so stupid. The number one part being the, when the chicks, I <laughs> that was so stupid. You didn't like it? No, it ruined the movie for me. And I like, huh? I, it ruined the movie for me. I hate to say that, but it really ruined them. They oh. put there was a scene that was so forced. And that was so, an A-force shot. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, how, like all the women are just going to be standing next to each other in that huge okay. battle, right? And <laughs> they just like going to show up out of the air and float down and hang out and do this pose, you know? Like, get the fuck out of here. I think like, Corbin hit that on the head, dude. That was put there just to get a reaction to see what people would say to an A-Force movie. I'm cool. Yeah, that. I that was their right. Hey, would you spend money on it? Like, that was yeah. their shot. Now, I agree with you. I, I totally with you, Brian, because one – I mean, it was extreme pandering, but we all knew that as soon as we saw the shot. Yeah. I loved that <laughs> shot. I loved that shot. Oh, I loved it too. I'm about to say because two, it was the same thing, a uh, larger scale. I wish they hadn't done it in Infinity War with Okoye and um, yeah. Scarlet Witch and um, Black Widow, and just did it for this. Yeah. I mean, either way, I thought it was really cool. Now, honestly, if we're going to go logistically in the battle, there's no way they'd all be there, and Iron Man and Captain America and all the continents and everyone else be separate, but. For what it was, which, you know, was, was, was a little pattern to the fans, a little shot there, a little A-Force, maybe. I thought it was really kind of cool. I, but I did know some people were like, just as many of us were going, whoa, like, this is cool. I could hear some, like, groans. So yeah. I'm assuming you're one of them. But, like, it, it was a good show, wasn't it? But when you look at it, though, it's also, not only is it an A-Force thing, but it's also an, an ode or an homage to Black Widow, to Nat, because she did it in the last movie, and now she's not there. So they're kind of paying homage to her by doing it again with, yeah, with all these all, strong female characters. Opinion, that was all a big money grab. That was a big money grab setting it up. Here's the other two quick things, and these are kind of pet. Captain <laughs> oh, Marvel's haircut is so terrible. Match. They didn't even match the haircut in the comic. It's they, they gave her a shitty haircut that doesn't look real, and it doesn't even match Kelly Sue DeConnick's art. Because if they would have matched Kelly Sue DeConnick's art, I would have been so stoked for that. But that was terrible. Her haircut was bad. And here's the other another part. Have you seen all the memes going around about that? No. The, I want to yeah. speak to your manager. <laughs> I've, had them. I've seen them. Um, yeah. There, there's, um, there's also a part you spent millions of dollars on cg for this movie you made michael douglas 20 years old you made robert downey jr 20 years old and then make him look like a holocaust victim you do some some amazing things cg wise and then you give fucking thor a fat suit that doesn't look real uh, we'll see I, I i agree with you on that too again great point i think the first thing with the captain marvel i know that they did that before they did the actual movie so, I mean, it was done regardless. You can't defend that, in my opinion. I'm sure you agree. But I at least give them that, okay, they figured it out afterwards. Um, regardless of that, yeah, that's kind of indefensible. But the yeah. second one, I think Thor, I mean, as much as he was there to kind of give, you know, the weight to the grief of him not being able to save anyone and, and lose all his family, it was obvious that he was there for comedic relief. I mean, but he played I think that, perfect. Huh? 
like it's very hard to make that same character be both those roles. And they yeah. did that score. Like his grief, you really felt it. You really felt his grief. And he played a really good job doing that. Mm-hmm. And he did a really good job comedic wise. Um to have uh Korg and Meek, is that is that their names? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Meek and Korg, yeah. Dude, they were fucking hilarious, and especially Korg. Korg, <laughs> such a, dude, the guy that plays that voiceover is so funny. And yeah. that Fortnite part, and you know, the guy, the kids showing up and yelling at them, and you know, good Thor jumps on. But you know, they made Thor be really comedic. But the second you needed to show that pain that he was in, New boom. Master sixty nine or whatever his name was. Yeah, <laughs> yelling out on Fortnite. His his pain, the way he showed his pain was perfect, and that was one of the best parts of the movie to me was Thor's pain and how like comedic he was at the same time. Mm-hmm. Was really good. Yeah, and the I think big, I, it, yeah, that <laughs> the big Thorbowski. Tim says the uh, big Thorbowski. Yeah, we're gonna see a lot of Thors uh, in Halloween this year. Just inspired yes. by that. No, I, I definitely agree. I. I <laughs> Noob Master 69, yep. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Noob Master. No, I'm playing. But that, that was kind of a funny tie-in, too. I, for Fortnite, that was, that was kind of hilarious. I mean, I thought, other than those, like, those little nitpicks, I thought the movie was amazing. I thought the beginning part was amazing, how they Thor went in there and fucking cut off his head just because he was so angry. I thought that was great. Because how many times when you're angry do you make fucked up decisions? And boom, that was a perfect example of that. Um, it mm. kind of blew me away that they went that route. Um, I liked the time jump. The time jump was really good. Yeah. Um, so that was they they killed it with the time jump. I couldn't believe uh, to have Cap running that um, AA meeting group. Yeah. Group. Um, and then to have the Rus- one of the Russo brothers be that character, that was awesome. That was a cool. Here's here's a really big nitpick. I don't know if it's a nitpick or just I feel like they did him a disservice. The Stan Lee cameo was the worst cameo out of all of them. Look, we I we talked about it before. I think it was a missed opportunity that Stan Lee was not old Steve Rogers at the end of the movie. Yeah. That should have wow. been his cameo. That should have been his cameo that he was old Steve Rogers at the end of the movie. Yeah. That would have been that would have been over the top. I think that was yeah. I agree. I mean, the the CG, all of it was just kind of rough to me, and had heavy shades of um, um, Carrie Fisher in um, yeah, yeah. At the end, where it was like, okay, I get it, but no, like if this was the plan, let's say he hadn't passed, and this was still the plan, it was a horrible plan. Yeah, awesome. he should have had his cameo, him be there at the funeral at the end. That's all. That would have been perfect. That would have been even perfect too. There's so many shots you could have had him in that that would have made that work. Even one of the random cameos when you're bringing people back or something like that. Well, no, that the weight of that would have probably been overshot. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, there's other points where, yeah, you're right, it was a missed opportunity. And the time jump, I'm right there with you. That was that was kind of big. And I, I'm honestly, as, as convoluted and, and, and just weird it was to kind of figure out the time travel rules, I liked the way that they did it in the sense that, like, what you could understand made sense. And then, like, the stuff that didn't make sense, it was clearly very much a, just don't don't focus too hard on the kid. Like, just kind of keep it moving type deal. You know what I mean? Um, but I actually liked it a little bit better than I did like Infinity War, only because, and I've heard that they did Endgame first and then Infinity War as far as filming, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it felt very, like, piecemeal meal to me, the way that they did Infinity War. It was different stories, and they're interlacing all these characters in real quick, and you have two separate battles. Like, it was like that, where Endgame felt a little bit more 
kind of intimate. You know what I mean? You're bringing everyone together kind of from the jump. You dispatch Thanos, which took a lot of our observation and theories out the window. Yeah. So like, so what do we do now? Because I thought they would fight Thanos one time, lose, lose maybe a member of the of the six, regroup again, you know, find whatever time stone or whatever they had to do, and then come back. Yeah. So the fact that it worked out the way it did, bam. And we already knew, all of us, I'm sure, that the trailers only show like the first combined 20 minutes of the movie just kind of interlaced in different parts. So we knew there was a lot more. I mean, it's a three-hour movie, but I like the way they handled that. Um, I think what was weird to me was, the, and even though I understand it, the treatment of uh, Black Widow. Yes. And, and especially in re- respects to her having a movie coming out now that's going to be a prequel, but unless you're going to de-age Scarlett Johansson exponentially back to, you know, um, where she has all that red in her ledger, I forget the place. Uh, no, oh, my goodness. They kept referring to it, her and, and, and Hawk, Hawkeye. Budapest? Um, Budapest, exactly. So I, I better see Budapest in this movie. And if I do, how are you going to, like, go that far back? Because now by her, be, her being gone, and I think we can all safely assume that that's it. Like, yeah, you know, it very clearly is a pre- prequel, and that's kind of kind of a downer for me they did that, really that, that oh sorry matt go ahead no matt. no go ahead dude i was gonna t- I was, all i was gonna say is you would be surprised how many times i've had to explain the movie to people yeah. and explain why why nat and gamora aren't there and everyone's like well gamora's alive at the end no she's not no she's not it's her that, future self though that's her past self yeah past self i mean yeah yeah and so once once they erase everyone and she goes back like that's it like Gamora, the current Gamora is that? not there. I, I see. I I brought that up because I thought uh, you blew me away when you said that because I didn't think about that. But a couple of people have brought up to me since that she didn't go back. Her her past self is is that's where that's why Gamora is alive because they the pat her past self came back. That's why when Peter's searching for her on the ship, he can't find her. The ship yeah. can't find her. Well, because she's not she's not there anymore. Well, it's a different Gamora too. Yeah, that I mean. Is, yeah. Is, yeah, exactly. It's not the same one. Gamora. I really don't. I think that she's too big of a female character for them to, if they really want to want to lay it on thick with these female characters, Gamora is one of your your workhorses. You know. We also don't know though if once the snap at once Tony did the snap, if she was affected by it. Yeah, we don't know the ramifications oh. of of Tony's snap, and that's what leads me. I think where they set up the future of the MCU out of this movie is I think one, you got two snaps in this movie that we don't really know. We only know the certain ramifications of you got Hulk snap, which brought everybody back. And then you have Tony snap and you don't know how that affects everyone else. We don't know how them blowing up the quantum realm affects everybody else or the quantum projection unit or whatever you want to call it. We don't know how that affects everyone. I think that's how we're going to get into bringing in the mutants. Like it's going to fuck with people and it's going to, Cause all this this crazy stuff and kind of like House of M, yeah. Ah, uh, that makes yeah. sense. I, I'd be cool with that. Um, another thing that I I think that made this movie so amazing was Ronan. Ronan to me was my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, okay. that character is so good, and and Jeremy Renner did such a good job playing that character. Um, I I hope that maybe they play a little bit more on him in the future. I like that they gave. I agree with you. A art. To Hawkeye. I mean, he's been one of the more underutilized members of the Avengers. Even Black Widow's been in more movies than yeah. Hawkeye. And this one, you start off with that, you know, heartbreaking uh, opening scene with him and his family. He loses them. 
He becomes Ronan. You see him kind of go through that. In fact, I thought it was funny. The guy he killed in that scene um, played, um, it was like a little X-Men shout out. He played um, Silver Samurai in the Wolverine movie. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. But, that you know, he's really cool. <laughs> yeah. He loses family. He had that great line, like, you know, half the world got Thanos. You get me. Like, that was badass. Yeah. Um, you know, then he gets reconnected with Nat. You know, he has a chance to kind of make everything right. Then he loses Nat, his best friend. Um, and, and someone who's gone far back with him and his history. And then he gets his family back. So in this like, already, I mean, before this, you already had who Hawkeye was. You had him from the Avengers and all of that brainwashing. You had him in Age of Ultron where his family, okay, great, he has a family. And now you have that more emotional arc to go with him. So I'm, I'm very much with you. That was kind of cool. They gave him that. And um, just one more person, um, Nebula. Yes. I like the way that they really treated her because I really thought that she was going to be more based off of the comic line of it where i knew she was gonna be more of a prominent character but for all the other reasons i really liked what they did with her as well yeah yeah they did a really good job of letting those three characters that they aren't coming back to reprise their roles they did a really good job of sending them off in the sunset Mm -hmm. oh okay did y'all lose your minds when captain america had um money like um just the gorgeous shot with, with Thor was getting hammered by um, Thanos, and then Captain America proved himself worthy. Yep, and and I, like, yeah, I didn't. Lo- I didn't lose my mind at it because I that was part of the spoilers that leaked a few days ago, so I saw it in advance. <laughs> but like, it was still like it made me more pumped to see the movie. So when it when I saw it, I was like, I was I was stoked, and I was like, I got to see this on the big screen. So it made it more more interesting, or it was more of a drive for me to see the movie at that point, but. I mean, uh, so I watched, I went and saw Infinity War, or not Infinity War, but Endgame. And then I came back and I watched, they had, uh, they were showing all the Marvel movies on sci-fi. And they had Age of Ultron on. And then I, I like all the references from Age of Ultron that are in Endgame, like floored me. Like there's so many references, callbacks to that movie in Endgame when Tony's talking to cap at the beginning of the movie, when he's like, we lost and you said we would lose together and you weren't there. That, that was from, uh, that's straight out of age of Ultron. Yeah. Like it's right at the beginning of Ultron. And just like all the callbacks that were in that movie, I was like, man, like I didn't realize how pivotal this movie was to, to the events of this storyline. Yeah, that's true. Uh, also, I also liked how hard they tried clearly to redeem Thor dark world. Yes. I mean, they were shameless in their going back and trying to make certain parts funnier and this and that. And, and that was cool. Yeah. There, it was, I, wow. It was just, it was a movie to me. Okay. I have one, I have to ask y'all, what did y'all think about Captain America and how they treated his send off? Because I thought it was one of the more confusing, not only in terms of yeah. like how it was done and like him, how did he get back to soul stone? Like, that's a question I still have. How did he go back to, to turn, um, um, when he went back to Thor, like Thor's and got uh, turned back the hammer. I just, there's so many questions I have with that, but like, I don't know if I liked that send off specifically. Like, well, that's why they did it that way. Cause they can explain those things. There's I did things I, that, I, that you can't explain. So you, you make them like that. You know what I mean? I, I liked it. Cause it very much is to the comic. He, there's a point in the comic, he loses a super soldier serum and he becomes old man, Steve Rogers. And he's still, he still he he leads Shield. He becomes the lead the director of Shield. So there's still that, like he does all that stuff without the Super Soldier Serum. He eventually gets it back, 
but he loses at some point. So I, I like that send-off because, again, they've been setting that up since Cap 1. It, it was a nice, touching story. He got he went and he got to live out his life. He got his dance with Peggy Carter. He got the one thing that he's wanted since uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Like, I, I thought that was... T- like, I absolutely loved every way these the characters that are leaving got sent off. Like, I like that they... They killed it. Uh, I like the way they handled Tony Stark because it started and ended with him, you know. And I, I like the the Captain America being an old man and living out his life. Like, I, I understand where you're coming from, Corey. Where it was confusing how he gave back the Soul Stone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he just hands it to the Red Skull and the Red Skull deals with it, or or. <laughs> I think that makes, I'm sorry, when you said a perfect scene where the Red Skull knew who everyone was. Yeah. Like, daughter of this, son of this, and then, yeah. you know, he's America, son of a bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that that'd been fun. But you're right, exactly. How does that work? And um, I think the directors even said, I think it was on Twitter or something, that now that the Soul Stone's gone, that Red Skull's able to just kind of go again. Like, he's free now. Uh, or something similar. I have to go back and pull up the tweet, but I just definitely saw it. And I was like, so what does that even mean? Yeah. Does he just is 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 he even a main guy? Because obviously the actor who played him's gone. He's been gone since the first movie. Like, did he? Why? Why they even mention that? You know what I mean? It was a random question that they answered over this weekend or last week. And I'm gonna check it now. One sec. But that that also leaves it, the way they send off Captain America. It also leaves it open ended for him to have a chance to come back if they get a if they get a point where you know Chris Evans if they get a solid script and Chris Evans is like, look, I want to do this storyline. I want to be part of this. I want to come back. They can bring him back and and kind of like give him the super soldier serum again or, or do something to to bring him back. Like it's not a definitive send off like they give Tony Stark. It's not the end like like it is for Stark. But yeah, well, anytime you mess with time, you're gonna have those. That's why time travel is such a pain in the ass. But well, yeah. I like how they completely like pain in the ass. I like how they completely like rewrote the laws of time travel in this movie. Yeah. Well, th- I think there's been a couple movies that have done that really well, and I didn't really think about that until now. And if you if you look into it, I think this movie sets up Kane the Conqueror perfectly. Uh, because it deals with all the different timelines. So there's all those different timelines when the yep. soul stones are gone. Yep. And that was Kane the Conqueror's thing, is he was all about time travel and manipulating time and using time and conquering different eras. And I think it, it sets up Kane the Conqueror for what, for them moving forward. Yeah. Well, we'll see. And I, yeah, Tim says hot tub time. Machine. And I love the fact that all those movies exist in this universe, back to the future, hot tub time machine. Like they reference all these movies in that universe, the big Lebowski, like Thor walking around looking like the dude was fantastic. Yeah. Hilarious. Fucking perfect. My biggest pet peeve with the movie though, overall was Captain Marvel. I felt like Captain Marvel was useless in this movie. She really had no reason to be there. Her reason to be there was just to be their, their bulldozer for when they face something that they couldn't get out of. We lost Corbin. Yeah. I saw that. I'll have to try and get him back. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. They used her as the MacGuffin and, Kind of did her a disservice. So I just think that, yeah, Captain Marvel, I think they could have done better with her. And and like you said, the hair, the haircut didn't bother me as much as it's bothering you. It's a damn haircut. Like, look at, <laughs> look at Kyle's haircut. You know? 
as he gets off frame. Yeah. <laughs> the, the haircut doesn't didn't bother me as much as like it bothered you. What what bothered me is like you had all this build up. Corbin got a lamp. Yeah. So oh, yeah. he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. I'm, my my laptop just said nope. We're done and it died on me. Don't know why. So I have other devices. Sorry about so, that. We uh. I mean, they build her up and you think that she's going to like, we all thought she was going to wield the infinity gauntlet. Like we thought that she was going to do that. And then she really had no point in the movie. <laughs> I, I just feel like Captain Marvel was w- wasted and underutilized in this movie. But do, do you like that though? Like, I think that like, it was a good thing that she wasn't. Cause like they played her up so much and I get it. But at the same time, this story is not really about her. It's about the original Avengers. Like they, I think should be, the only one's worthy of closing it out. I mean, I agree with you. She was barely in all these other galaxies. And I mean, you've been around five years. Like, like seriously, like, I'm sure you've done what you need to do. But even if not, like, I think it was good to have her in there, kind of get her fight with um, Thanos and, and kind of show her powers. But at the same time, you know, it was the Avengers who started this and it's kind of their thing to finish. I don't know. Well, I, think, I think it goes back to your earlier point. It would have been better if she shows up, they get in a fight with Thanos, they get their asses kicked, and then, then they have to go back and try and do everything again. Like it would have yeah. been nice to see her fight and get like just her butt kicked by Thanos. Yeah. But I, then but then that makes her weaker, I guess. But like just, <laughs> just like literally she was just there for plot. It was like they wrote the script and they're like, Well, we can't figure out a way to get out of this. So mm. our way out of this is gonna be Captain America finds Tony Stark floating in the in space, or Captain Marvel finds Tony mm. floating in space. See, I'm, okay. I'm gonna make Brian mad here for a second, but if we didn't have Captain Marvel here, we wouldn't have had that awesome A4 shot. That's why she was there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, Thanos's warship is just obliterating us. What can we do? Oh, we'll just have Captain Marvel fly through it. Like it's, <laughs> it, it was just a reason to like, you know, hey, she looked That's- pretty fucking cool flying through it. Yeah, she did, but just saying. Like, I, yeah, I, I mean, it, I don't know. The movie had something for, I, something for everyone. I want to say for all fans. Like, I don't know. I I enjoyed it more than Infinity War personally, but I think they're two different movies too. They're the same the same story, but they're two different two different movies together. So I just. I don't know. I liked it a little bit more than Infinity War. Not much, but a little bit more. Yeah. Definitely. Like 4951. Huh? Like 4951. About that, yeah. Um so. but I think that, like it sets up they they give you so many possibilities moving forward. Like they have they live give you like I said, Kane the Conqueror. They kind of hint towards how Cade the Conqueror might be the next bad guy. They kind of hint towards how you might get a Young Avengers movie or a movie coming up, or they might be doing a Young Avengers TV show. I think a lot of your questions and a lot of the things that happened, because one of the things someone brought up to me is, well, the their own hole in their plot line is Captain America's returning these stones to when he got them. So, but the event still happened. So Loki still got the Tesseract when they screwed up and disappeared. So I think that's, you're going to see the ramifications of that play out in the Loki TV show. And I think you're going to see Hawkeye start training Kate Bishop and the Hawkeye and Kate Bishop show. And I think they're pushing towards a young Avengers movie and, and moving and the, forward. So, and the kid from Iron Man three, um, yeah, that we saw in the, the funeral. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, this was, uh, Pepper Potts last appearance in the MCU. So it was cool to see her in the rescue armor and everything, but you could theoretically, put him as like a future kind of young Iron Man. You know what I mean? 
or any other tech shops already working with Iron Man back then growing up? Like that's very possible. I, I kind of see, um, like I, I almost feel like they had him have a daughter and Morgan and kept her there. Cause she's going to be Ironheart. I think they're going to make her Ironheart later on. Okay. Yeah. So, that's much more logical. <laughs> it, it's just like you have, you, you have all of that underlying, like they set up so much stuff for you to theorize about what, what's going to happen moving forward. And that, that's what interests me a lot more now about far from home is because you see that most of you see that Ned clearly died. Everyone in far from home, you know, was wiped out by Thanos' snap. But they're going to have to deal with the ramifications because they're going to come back and they're going to be like, oh, dude, this guy's not here anymore. What happened to him? And he's five years older. Like, he's gone. He's out of high school now, you know? So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see how they how they handle all that. And it'll be interesting to see, like, it, it makes sense now, like, why Peter doesn't want to take the suit and why he doesn't want to be Spider-Man. He just wants to go on a vacation with his friends because he just lost Tony Stark and his mentor. And I think you're going to see, that's why you see a lot more happy Hogan in, in this movie and why he, he seems to kind of be like Aunt May's new bow in the trailers. And I'm a little skeptical about what they're doing with, uh, with Mysterio and making him a good guy in that movie. But I think that's who happens. That's the whole Mysterio thing, right? He's putting up a, I think that the elementals that he's showing are his, you know, his um, magic tricks. And he's well, from the, acting like a good guy when he's not. The synopsis I read, he's working with S.H.I.E.L.D. He is an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this movie. Mysterio oh. is working with S.H.I.E.L.D. That's interesting. And him and that, Spider-Man team up to take out the elementals. That's it. I, I still think it's in play that he does an abrupt turn, but I get you on that. I'm worried about the Spider-Man movie because I've already seen like a bunch of stills and everything. Put on the mask, man. He has the mask off more than Tobey Maguire did back in the day. Yeah. Well, you're paying these like, big Hollywood actors all this movie, and you're gonna uh, money, and you're gonna cover their face. Nah, you gotta I get mean, that money shot, man. That, that's very true. But you shouldn't be behind the mask. That, no, playing. You're right. I get you, man. No, totally. It's just like I see, and it's like, okay, well, come on. But that's just like a random. I'm really excited for this upcoming one. Like to see how they tie that in. Like I, that's that's my problem with all these superhero movies is being a big comic book fan. It's like that's like still number one is to protect your secret identity. And they're just like, Oh, let me show you who I am. Like they're just showing everybody like, like the flash TV show has that problem. Like all these, the arrow, like movies, they all have that problem because you're paying these big actors and you want to see their face, but then you're like, Oh, well let me just show everybody who I am. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. It's, it's infuriating. I wear a mask because I don't want people to go after my family. Hi, bad guy. I'm Peter Parker. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that makes it okay. They already showed still to him and meeting Mysterio like no, like yeah, no mask on. No yeah, mask. On. So if Mysterio does do an abrupt turn, like now what? Is he like your arch enemy, or is he going to die now? Like, like there's only one of two things that come out of that. You know what I mean? Because that's that's very much true. Like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. So so much to mess around with, and I. I, I Aye, aye, aye. But I have to, I have to make a callback. This wouldn't be an absolute geek episode if Brian didn't somehow re- uh, reference Hitler when he had to go with the ho- making the Holocaust talk about Tony Stark being all skinny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looked like a. They did a good job with him, man. He really looked like a Holocaust victim. That was, he was, that was, he was starved. Yeah, yeah. Very good. I, I just, I don't know, man. This movie. There's so many aspects of this movie that I really, really liked. Cannot wait to go see it in English. Yeah, <laughs> watch it in Spanish. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I've so probably seen happened? I've probably seen the movie like six times in total now. Twice in the theater and the rest by other means, but <laughs> <laughs> other means. I feel it. No, I, I I definitely saw some YouTube clips. I'm I'm a killer for the the, the trailer reaction ones. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm planning on seeing that again. It's I thought it was one of the better ones, and maybe it's recency bias, but like I immediately enjoyed it a lot more than Infinity War. Like I think rewatchability wise, it's just a lot more there, even if it is because of the pandering and some shots, and you know, obviously for the fans there. But like, I just enjoyed it a little bit more than Infinity War. I think for me, it's the tone of the movie. Like they lost, they lost in Endgame, and they uh, in uh, Infinity War, and they do a good job of making you feel that loss in the beginning of this movie. Like sure. with immediately like opening up and wiping out Hawkeye's family. And then like, you just see where, where everyone is at these different stages and like they lost and you can tell they lost and they look like they lost. Like it's that, I think that's what drew me in and why I like it so much is because you, for the first time and out of all these movies, you feel like they're not superheroes. They're just people. Very this movie. Yeah, they did a great job with the emotional notes throughout. You're right. I mean, and same thing you're already referencing as far as like with Thor it was funny and, and how we laughed at him and everything, but at the same time understood the immense grief that he was under and starting off and realizing, okay, this this issue is real when, you know, you start with Hawkeye and kind of go with the ups and downs. And yeah, I, it, it very much so was. I mean, I even shed a few tears and I haven't cried in movies in like 15 years. I think it's that emotional connection or I still was recovering from the three nights at the movie theater, but no, I did. I, I did too. I got teary eyed when, when Hawkeye's family gets wiped out. I got teary eyed when, when Tony Stark bites it at the oh end my gosh. and yeah. when, when Nat dies, like the, those three times really got me. Yeah. Tim says in the chat, so does anyone else think that Thanos without the gauntlet was overpowered? Yet Carol was underpowered compared to yes. what she was during her movie. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a weakness to just the Captain Marvel movie, really, because the villains were like, who were they? Like, they were just normal people who were holding her powers in check. Like, once Carol's powers are unleashed, like, who honestly could stand in her way in that movie? Like, like no one. We get that. And you're right. They made Thor. I mean, he was so... It took, they almost had what? You had the Guardians of the Galaxy. You had Doctor Strange. You had Iron Man. You had Spider-Man. And they almost took the gauntlet from Thanos in Infinity War on Titan. And then this movie, he was straight clobbering just the original three with Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America just overpowering all of them. Like, just on that alone, you know, the best that Marvel had to offer. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah. I thought that too, the same thing. Like, this one was more brutal maybe, or they really kind of made him more of the mad Titan. You know, because he's like, okay, listen, I, I see that if my plan goes through, I die and y'all still think you guys can keep doing what you're doing. So now I have to make sure that like, there is no way you guys recover from, from this. Like we're going to end this world and it's going to be that. Well, he, I mean, he, to be fair, he pummeled the shit out of the Hulk at the beginning of the infinity war. Yeah. He had the infinity gauntlet, but he wasn't using the stone to do it. He straight up fist fought him and just beat him down Sorry. to the point where like Hulk didn't want to come out anymore. So I, I don't, I don't know how much overpowered he was. Like I thought he was definitely, definitely younger and more, more cocky. Like just like when, when they, he's sitting there and Nebula's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to wait. And he starts throwing wow, down with them. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of put into question, okay, how much with Thor being and the shape he is and, and what he's been through, how much does that has weakened his power? 
you know yeah he sure. st- he didn't even know if he was still worthy of wheeling or you know holding Molnir till he goes back and meets his mom you know till they go to get that infinity stone he didn't even know if he was still worthy very true so it's it's i think you're you're at a different crossroads and like they've all been beaten down and because it's in the current time they've all been beat up and beaten down and lost once already so you that kind of is going to play a little on your psyche that you've lost to this guy already he's already kicked your ass once you know and now he's going to do it again so i mean no, that's a great point matt you're right because i hadn't thought about that and like in that scope yeah maybe they just weren't up to task for that carol carol like i said carol being underpowered i i can see that um but like all you really did was see her tackle him and put him in a submission, like a chokehold. But that was pretty much it. Like other than that, you really got nothing from her as far as their fight goes. So it makes sense that him being this mad Titan, that he's going to pwn Captain America and, and Iron Man. And like, there was a part where like I was in disbelief when he breaks cap shield. I was like, Oh, oh shit. Like he broke the shield. Like, yeah, that, that was crazy. That's crazy. Like, but then I, I had to, t- I was like, that can't happen. And then I'm like, well, yes, it can because it's only vibranium. Like in the comics, his shield is animantium and vibranium. Nobody can pick it up. That's why he can pick it up because he's got the super soldier serum. But in these movies, you see Hawkeye throwing it to him. Like you see everybody throwing it around. And like you, I forgot, okay, that there's no animantium yet in the, the MCU. It's just vibranium. Uh, that's that's Captain America's Frisbee right there. No, like, yeah. That's yeah, America's no, ass. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines, man. That was I think just Paul Rudd is just a national treasure and him playing Ant-Man and still having that like total man crush on Captain America throughout, you know, um, from Civil War on was just a nice touch. And that's another thing. You guys already mentioned it, but they really picked a lot of Easter eggs. You know, they had the Hail Hydra, the Secret Empire comic, like they picked on every note from the comics and from earlier movies where they didn't miss a beat. And whoever did the research to kind of bring in that continuity, like deserves a raise because it was just perfect. Yeah, like, I've, also, I've also kind of speculated going back to Far From Home with the whole Nick Fury being involved with Spider-Man Far From Home. I kind of feel like that maybe setting up a Secret Wars movie. That the next Spider-Man movie will be Spider-Man's Secret Wars. Oh, wow. That would be cool. I could see that. I could see them pulling that. That would be so fucking cool. But we also know that the Eternals are the main um, phase phase. What do they call this next phase? Phase two. Yeah, phase two. Is that what they're calling it? I don't know. They I don't, they haven't given a name. They just recently named this one uh, the Infinity. Or the Infinity yeah. Saga? Yeah, they just named this one the Infinity Saga before Endgame came out. So I don't know what they're going to call this next phase or next saga. Well, we know the Eternals is going to be a big part of the next phase. So and they're saying that we could see people like um, Namor um, in with the Eternals, uh, Hercules in with the Eternals, um, some of the Celestials in with the Eternals. So that'd be cool to see Namor. Yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of sick. That'd be kind of sick. I mean, and that's another, what, what do you guys think as far as villains possibly coming up? Like, I mean, yeah, Fox just, I mean, Disney quite a lot of rights these guys, but we're not going to see, like, I'm sure, like, Magneto or anyone for, like, another, what, they said five years or something like that? So, like, in the immediate time, like, what's the next threat? I think, like, I, I was saying, 
I was saying, but I think you got cut off is King the Conqueror. This movie with the infinity stones and the timelines and all that, they, they kind of set it up for King the Conqueror perfectly. Since he liked to use time travel and, and stuff like that. So it, it makes sense to me, at least for Kane the Conqueror. And it I would still kind of fit in with the whole gal- galactic thing they're they're going with moving forward. It might what? be it might be Adam. What is it yeah, in the spectrum, Brian? What are they he's he's been um attached to the Eternals too, Adam Warlock. So that would be great. I'm a huge Adam Warlock fan. I've been waiting for him. So wow. I, the, the main person that I want to see or, or character I want to see, um, I've said it a thousand times is silver surfer. So they just need to bring in silver surfer and do him right and make him a complete badass, And, and I'll be happy. Galactic. Yeah. They, I mean, they set it up good for where I, it's plausible to have the, the, um, fantastic four come in and have galactus oh, yeah. come doom, in. galactus if they did doom right like the way he's supposed to be and not just what we've seen in the last couple movies that's another threat in of itself like yeah it's a, like not a cosmic threat but definitely a threat to just humanity as they know at least in, in the comic scale you know that's that's another guy you're right galactus although I, I still wonder how they would accurately represent it you know what i mean we've only seen it one of the times in the movies and that was what some dark rain cloud like <laughs> that'd be interesting Oh yeah, he's got to be just this world-eating villain like he is in the comic books. Like, For real. But Kane the Conqueror makes the most sense to me moving forward. Um, I they say five years, but you know they're gonna push to get the X Men or at least Wolverine in this next round. Like it's they're gonna push for it. I think so, especially with all the especially with all the Disney Plus shows that are coming out now, like it's going to move the timetable. And I think they're going to tell, they're going to move these movies forward and the stories forward with that. Cause I think you're going to see a lot of Sam Wilson as uh, captain America slash Falcon in Falcon and winter soldier. Like that's going to be all dealing with like the captain America ramifications of him becoming old man and giving his shield away and all that. So it'll be interesting to see how they move it forward. But I, I, like I said, I think King, King the conqueror makes the most sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I'd agree. That's 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 a good one. I don't foresee an X Men villain being the big baddie just yet. The other one that would make sense would be Doctor Doom, but they've already done him twice. I don't know if they would do him again so soon. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy that they don't bring in Doctor Doom right away. Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the only thing I see to that would be that okay they haven't had full reins to it so maybe they do it differently but i guess you're right i mean as far as bringing someone else who's like an immediate bad guy and not bring yeah that that kind of works i just want to see him accurately represented you know what i mean you you mean the, i mean maybe growing up i actually liked the dr doom from the the, the jessica alba um <laughs> um steve like the early uh fantastic four but like having grown up a little bit more and watching that like okay nah not really you know yeah we don't even know if they're going to do, I mean, it's all speculation. We don't even know if they're going to do another big baddie like that. Like they might not even do another team movie. It might just be individual movies from here on out. We have no idea. It wouldn't be a bad thing. No, I don't think so. Either. It's huge. This huge villain, but, and just keeping everybody apart and everybody has to deal with their own, you know, small down section of their world. It probably would yeah. be, that wouldn't be a bad thing at all. This Tim says in the chat, that was my biggest problem with Endgame. I think Bucky should have gotten the shield instead of Sam. 
I agree. I think Bucky is a way better Captain America um, to go off of next. They should play out that whole role. I think Sam should eventually be Cap, but I think Bucky should have been it. But they they have great good big plans for those two. So we didn't say that for a long time though. Yeah, for any of this, we've always said that Bucky was a great Cap. Yeah. Well, I think well, I think you know they reference it with the three of them there, and Bucky gives his nod of approval to Sam and. I think that's, you know, I think I think they did it because it's it's what readers know because there was a bunch of coverage about him Sam Wilson being Captain America when it happened. So, I think that's what what people will familiarize with right now if you go to a comic book shop, you know, yeah, they brought back Captain America, but you still see Falcon in that suit. So, it it makes sense. So like a lot of people forget that Bucky Barnes was even Captain America for a short time. Yeah, and that was the probably the best captain america has been in you know 30 years mm-hmm. that, uh, oh yeah no i was gonna say I, I agree with all of you guys i was gonna push back just a little bit in the sense of like the here and now why he is because although i think bucky would make an amazing one you've seen the comments and everything falcon's been with rogers through this entire process and that means including finding winter soldier and rehabilitating him and he's just recently who knows how long he's been in wakanda um, for that period of time before the snap and everything, but he's just recently coming back on the men. So yes, he does have that history with Captain America and that's all well and good, but just recently in the eyes of many, he was a mass murderer. And although they cleared him among the Avengers, he has been cleared out among everyone else. So that is the one reason I think that. And also it is that, yeah, I do think he did have um, Bucky's approval because even when they said goodbye and, and Captain America was leaving to return all of the stones and he didn't come back in those five seconds everyone else but Bucky was losing their minds trying to bring him back Bucky had already said I'm gonna miss you when he said goodbye which I thought well that's kind of weird he's gonna be right back in five seconds isn't he and then he had already kind of walked off as they were like okay you know Hulk's flipping switches and Falcon's going crazy and then he's the one who says you know listen like Falcon look over here like check it out i feel like in the movies they may have already had a conversation and it makes sense to me with bucky barnes being captain america's best friend that captain share listen i'm going and i'm gonna live my life and i'm gonna entrust this with falcon and that he had bucky's blessing to do so because throughout that whole scene if you look at it bucky's the only one who seems to be in on whatever's going on yeah but him and bucky were around first that's that we know that too so True, true that. I just, I just like the fact that Mark Ruffalo and and we kind of like this. Mark Ruffalo finally got his chance to shine in this movie oh, as the Hulk. Great. He was like, great. he finally got a chance to actually act in an Avengers movie instead of just a little bit when he's not transformed into the Hulk. Yeah. So that was that was a nice touch, and I like that whole like scene in the diner where like he's taking pictures with the kids and stuff. Oh, that's and, so funny. And, and <laughs> Scott's freaking out because. He, he, they don't want to take a picture with him. I, I thought, <laughs> oh, <laughs> great. I, I wonder if that was um, not part of the script and they were just going off. Because it seemed like it. It didn't seem like that was part of the script. Yeah. Hulk yeah, out. Stay green. Give him the goddamn yeah. phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious, man. It was funny. Dab. Dab on him. <laughs> I also like the way they handled it off camera like the merger Professor Hulk great I'm glad we didn't spend any time with him you know laboring over a lab trying to figure that out like 
You know, he is this. I, I think they already understood that most of the comic fans already saw this coming. Great. I think the one thing I didn't like about it is that maybe, and it would be really kind of cool for Hulk to get his revenge against Thanos and like one, you know, satisfying fight where maybe the table are turned for a couple seconds. But that's just me, you know, kind of overthinking, I think. For, for all, all of us, I think it was really cool to kind of see that, that nod to Professor Hulk. Like I liked, and I, and I liked the final battle scene too. That was nice. Like I liked, you know, seeing Peter Parker web slinging all over the place with the infinity gauntlet and he gets on the back of Valkyrie's horse. And then just that, Oh my God, like <laughs> when I getting attacked and I, like, I, I like that part with him and, and Captain Marvel where she's like, where he's like sitting there in the fetal position. And he's like, I'm Peter Parker. And she's like, hi, Peter Parker. Do you have something for me? Like, Oh, that was good. That that whole final battle scene was was cool, and you seeing Groot, and like you see Rocket protecting Groot, and like there was there was a lot there's a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. Like I noticed it the first time, but like Rocket has his comic book accurate costume on in this movie after the time jump, and so he's got like the little outfit with the scarf and all that, and it's just like there's so many Easter eggs in this movie that you got to kind of watch it a couple times to get to pick up on all of them, but. That kind of leads me to my question. So we've we've kind of, um, yeah, activate instant kill mode with this iron spider suit. So that brings me to the question. So we've we've pretty much dissected this movie all the way through. So definitively, I think all four of us know comics and kind of have a feel of what's going on. Where do you see this going? Where do you see the Marvel universe going forward? Do you, do you see another team up movie coming? Do you see them maybe going individual movies? And no new team up movie. What, what do you What do you guys see, see next for the the cinematic universe? I'll, I'll I'll go first, but I'm kind of out there. I see them doing more series than they do movies. So that's what I see happening. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I was slowing down on the movies. Yeah, and because I I think that they get more they get. I mean, yeah, they make a ton of money, but. It's, it's going to be hard to make the ty- type of money that they made with Avengers. And you get a better product, I think, with the movies or the TV shows. So so you think a lot of the Disney streaming service they're going to focus on. That, I, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good theory. I think they're still going to have. I think they're going to slow down the movies a smudge. And I think they're actually. So I think it's going to be there's, it's going to be bigger things going on in the movies, and then and like you said, I think with the series, I think that's what we're going to get is more, more development and growth of of newer stuff and different stuff. Yeah, I mean they're already kind of going there with Star Wars right now. Where after this movie, they're going to take a kind of hiatus to the Mandalorian things like that on Disney Plus. So that would make a lot of sense. You kind of get you know another Spider Man movie. I think they said there's another. Um, Who's on contract for one more year? I know Black Panther. Um, Chadwick Boseman has one more movie, so you get that. And then probably I'm trying to think who's the other person. I thought, I thought he still had a couple more movies left. Um, no, I think it was like a four picture deal. Because I know he's got. I I know he's got um, Black Panther too. Yeah, I think that was it. Though it was like a four. I mean, at least I mean, last I checked, because he was a four picture. I think, and it was what you had Black Panther. Infinity War, Endgame, and then it would be Civil a sequel. War. Well, then he was in Civil War too. Oh, Civil War! So five picture deal. That makes a lot more sense. Exactly. So, so yeah, that that would that would that would seem to be it for me. I'm not sure, but I think you would kind of close out with sequels of each kind of hero in their run. Focus on the TV series, and then when you start to you have the rights to the Fantastic Four, you have the rights to X Men. You're ready to kind of go forward with that. Then you branch out to the next project with the next phase. 
Um, and you have Brie Lar- well, Brie Larson signed a seven movie deal, so I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to, yeah. see, to see him extend more too. But I mean, it That's makes true. sense that after Black Panther two, it would be the end that we would see of of him because where does he fit in in a galactic role? You know. Yeah, and he's one of those people. I mean, Brie Larson is still, I guess, young enough to be in that. Like, I mean, not that you don't have. I mean, it's, it's all you could do it for another like ten whatever years. But I'm sure, like, he's in that phase where you know he does another couple movies, and then you're right. You're like, he doesn't really fit in that whole cosmic kind of adventure. And he had his run here in in Infinity One Endgame, so that was kind of his big deal. You know, back to Wakanda now. See, and I thought Chris Hemsworth was done. I thought after Endgame he was done, but clearly it doesn't look like he is because there's been talk about a fourth, uh, a Thor four. There's been he's clearly set up to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so like originally it, they said he was done, and then they've come back around, and and he said he changed his mind. I think Thor Ragnarok changed his mind. I think the 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 change in Thor Ragnarok and the, now how people perceive the character, I think that completely changed his mind on on continuing to play the character. I think it's just more money, uh, dude. I don't. I don't know if they need the money anymore after Endgame. Yeah, well, I'm sure they had to have taken some kind of pay cut to to do it because there's so there were so many stars in the movie. I know Chris Evans did. There was I read an article where Chris Evans took a pay cut at some point it, it, to where he wasn't making as much money as like Robert Downey Jr. I think Robert Downey Jr. did as well. And I think Somewhere what he's doing is I think he's getting a lot of back end stuff. Probably, they probably all have some kind of incentives written in their deal, or of like, you know, merchandising and and all that. Because I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that everybody got paid less because there were so many people to pay. Yeah, I mean, there's so many stars in that movie. They had to. Because I, I think you're gonna see like you've got. Like, where do they go with Spider-Man from here? Like, after I guess we'll have to wait for Far From Home, but it, it does it still be part of the MCU, or does I heard it go the back next to one being, is uh, Spider-Man in uh, Antarctica, or does it go back to being um, just <laughs> standalone? You know, and that's why I think Secret Wars works because you can get some of these guys. Like, it would make sense for Chadwick Boseman to be Black Panther in Secret War. Like, you can get some of these guys to be in Secret Wars that are already there currently. Yeah, I mean, hmm. that's 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 real good. <laughs> but I'm you're kind of lost, huh? But you're seeing a lot of these actors, like Jeremy Renner. He said he was done, but apparently he's not. He's going to play Hawkeye in the TV show. So there's more lucrative, like where Brian said, there's more lucrative. Or I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Lucrative. Lucrative. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's more lucrative to do TV now than it is to do a movie. True. Well, it's more guaranteed movie. work. I think the word you're looking for is <laughs> lucrevination. No, I'm just playing, Matt. Oh, I was like, no, I was like, man, that sounds like a really good word, Kyle. Thanks. <laughs> so, so my question is, um, like, what's the word I'm trying to figure out here? Like, okay, so out of all of the, the original ones, <laughs> out of all of the original guys, like, okay, so Jeremy Renner, and then, yeah, I think Chris Hemsworth, I think, was the director of Thor Ragnarok, because he was kind of bored, from what I read a report, with the role of Thor before Ragnarok, and then now that they're kind of going with the more of a comedic kind of slant to it, he's encouraged to do more. So then you have those two, and the Vision and, and, and you know, WandaVision, all of that. But we can be sure, like, Robert Downey, like, those guys are, are gone. Gone. Yeah. 
Well, Good. yeah, Robert Downey's gone, gone because he's dead. Yeah, I said that because he was the only guy of the original guys I could remember yeah. the name of offhand. Sorry. <laughs> like, I know he's gone. But, like, I mean to say, okay, so you put these older guys, you know, the old guard into more TV roles, kind of backseat, phase them out, and then usher in these new guys. I mean, Spider-Man, like you said, well, I don't know how, how far his ceiling is with the whole Sony rats and everything, but I would really like to see, like, a like a Spider-Man Venom crossover. Uh, not with the current Venom they have. Uh, no, not going to happen, but one can dream. <laughs> Now with the current venom, terrible. Oh, yeah. That, you, yeah, not a fan of that one. Any, 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 a little bit. Oh, I, oh wow. I that honestly was, think that movie is fucking garbage. I honestly yeah, I think was, oh, okay. That shit what, was a dumpster fire. I think what they need to do is they need to establish Green Goblin again in in Spider Man Three, even if it's Secret Wars, establish Green Goblin again, and then the smart choice for Sony to do would be to move forward with Miles Morales and tell that story. So at the beginning of the Miles Morales movie, you show Peter Parker fight Green Goblin and die. And like you, that's when you tell Miles Morales' origin story of how he becomes Spider-Man. Not that Into the Spider-Verse didn't do it justice, because it, it, that was a fantastic movie, but they changed a lot of Miles' origin story. Yeah. Did you, What movie did you think was a dumpster's fire, Kyle? Venom. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was a buddy cop. It's a buddy cop film. That's what I was gonna say, like a buddy cop rom com type deal. Like you gotta look at it for like, like uh, if we look at the trailer and then you look at the movie, like yes, I'd be like deeply, sorely disappointed. But like I took a minute and like reassessed and like okay, you know, in the comics, Venom's kind of goofy. You know, the limitations about Spider Man were already there from the jump, so we kind of can't. I can't knock the story too much for that. Villain wise, I'd rather go Carnage if we're gonna do the CGI CGI action and then redo it again. But like. I didn't find it that bad. Like, am I going to watch it again? No, I haven't. But like, for what it was, like, I think if you take it in a vacuum and like, like, I, I don't know, just as take it as in a vacuum and then you throw the vacuum away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to win this one, but okay. <laughs> Tim says Spider-Man home alone. Where the Sinister Six try to infiltrate Avengers HQ, but Peter sets a series of in- <laughs> elaborate booby traps to stop them because he got left behind while everyone else went out on a mission and forgot about him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the plot of Home Alone with Spider Man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Solid. Better than Venom. Okay, no comment. No. <laughs> they got a lot planned with that, so they're hopefully the next one with uh, Carnage is going to be you know the the one we've been waiting for. I hope I they. Mean, I hope both. they. They yes. By the look of Woody Harrelson's shitty wig at the end of Venom, I don't. I don't think it's going to be what you hope it is. It's going to be like cop out. Look to do a Carnage <laughs> film right, and we all know it. It's got to be rated R. Yeah, you can't do Carnage PG thirteen. It just doesn't work. Same way with Deadpool. Deadpool doesn't work at PG thirteen. Like if you ever watch, if watch Deadpool two, then watch Once Upon a Deadpool, and you're like, it's, this doesn't work PG thirteen. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be some carnage, right? No, I'm playing. No, you're right. You, it's it's, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to make those types of movies and have like, you know, a PG rating on it. But I think that Venom was kind of hands were tied, and it's like, I I, I push back on that a little bit because yeah. You know, you see the comics, he does eat people. He is, like, over the top sometimes. But, like, at the same time, there's, there's I mean, there's more of a character to Venom as is. Now, mind you, a lot of that is 
due to his relationship with Spider-Man and they can't use that. So they kind of make it one dimensional, but like, I think that they're trying to flesh out more of his like comedic side. Like, come on, we know Venom's a corny character. We've, we've read the comics before. You know what I mean? Even in the ones with Spider-Man, why he's trying to kill him. He's like, you know, we're going to eat your spleen and die this and that. Like, he's still like kind of a doofus too, you know? Not like a he joke, a, but he was a badass back in the day. It's only recently that they've made him more of a doofus, but like mm. that was, a, that was his whole thing is that he would, it's the symbiote wanting to kill Peter Parker because he wants he wants to be your, at the end of the day the symbiote's the main goal is to reattach to Peter Parker. I, 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 exactly, but now you take Peter Parker out of the scenario. Now, mind you, in that case, for me, if you take Peter Parker out of the scenario, you don't do a Venom movie. Period. But now that they're going that they've done a Venom movie, like where would you go with that? Because you're right. Like the core of his whole being existence is Spider Man. You take go to the cutting room floor. Well, like that, that's what I, I that's what I'm saying. I would go with that too, but now it's rolling. You know, because you're right. <laughs> That's where I think they screwed up with the Venom movie, though, is that it should have been Flash Thompson. It shouldn't have been Eddie Brock. They should have done a Flash Thompson movie. And, and if they're going to give him that anti-hero vigilante like, role that they try to do in this movie, it should have been Flash Thompson, not Eddie Brock. Mm. Like, like, There's so many ways to go with the Venom character. That makes a lot of sense. When, yeah. when Eddie gets cancer and Venom says that he's too weak and he's not a su- sufficient host anymore and he leaves him, he goes to a, a you know a handful of different characters. He goes to Flash Thompson. He goes to um, uh, the Scorpion. Like he goes to different different hosts at that time. So True. I, I think I think Flash Thompson was the way to go, and they screwed it up with Eddie Brock. Like I, I don't I don't understand why they're having such a hard time transferring this character to the movies like he could be a badass character but they screwed it up with Topher grace they're screwing it up with tom hardy like it's i I don't know i don't understand why they have such a hard time transferring this character from pages to to the big screen Uh, uh, yeah aside from them you're right i guess aside from them including spider-man i guess it's gonna be hard to kind of have that type of story. I admired their willingness to try to make it, if only to project Venom on the big screen for once, because I mean, just to get the Topher Grace taste out the mouth. But yeah, I, for whatever reason, I guess he's one of those, again, like with the Fantastic Four, like for whatever reason, hard to, to carry over those traits and, and characters onto from the pages to the screen. Well, the thing, like, and I'm okay with them creating the Venom symbiote in a lab. Like, that's what it was created for in the, the um, Ultimate Spider-Man. It was created as a cure for cancer. It was like, created for a cure for illnesses, like they made it for in the movie. But it doesn't make sense that it has spider powers. It got the Venom symbiote obtained the spider powers when it attached himself to Peter Parker. There's no reason he should have the spider powers in this movie. Like, I understand the, the transforming your limbs to like axes and stuff like that. Like, that's fine. But he shouldn't be web slinging all over the place or or anything like that in this movie because he he shouldn't have any of that. Well, to be fair, did he do that? I mean, he did a lot of jumping and leaping, but like the web slinging. Well, well, he does like web slinging with the symbiote and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, the same type of yeah. You're right. The the off spawning himself out there. Yeah, man, y'all y'all ruining the taste of my Venom movie. I was like, I walked away kind of satisfied. Now I feel kind of dumb. <laughs> hey, leave it, leave it to us. We can ruin stuff for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not telling you not to like it. I'm just saying no, like, there's, it's got underlining problems. Like I liked it the first time I saw it too. I was like, Oh, this is good. And then I wa- I went back and watched it again. I was like, I actually, this is kind of stupid. Like, oh, it see, literally is, it's like, it's like the movie cop out done with venom. Like it's a buddy cop <laughs> comedy. 
See, that's the difference. I didn't watch it again. I was like, let me just keep my feelings warm and fuzzy ever, forever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I I had a hard, I had, I had high hopes for it, but it just, it's one of those movies where like upon rewatch it, it becomes a harder pill to swallow. <laughs> I, I think that. I watched it like three times in a row. I watched it once and I was like, you know what? Maybe I just need to watch it again. <laughs> Maybe I need to watch it with the director's commentary going on because maybe I'm completely missing something. So I tried that too, where they had all like, you know, it's the version where they had everything, where they were like, they had like little boxes come up and like subtitles of stuff that was going on. And I thought maybe like I was missing, and then I realized I wasn't. And then I shut it off and I returned it. I don't know. I don't understand why they have such a hard time transferring those characters over. Some characters are... <laughs> did you just give Venom a 6.5, Matt? I did. That's about right. That's about that's about right. Just like... I, it's, like a, I, it's, a, it's a D plus. Like, I don't understand how you screw up Galactus and Fantastic Four and what... Right who, who literally went and was like, we're going to make him a giant cloud. And someone went, that's a fucking brilliant idea. Let's do this. You know, like what there had to have been someone in that writer's room that was like, this is the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And the problem was, is there wasn't anybody in there. <laughs> no, apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot about the giant cloud. So stupid. And Surfer <laughs> was so good in that, though. And I think that's what the saving grace for Marvel is, is that's what Kevin Feige is. He's that voice of, he's that voice of. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like he he don't have that that this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in these other writing rooms. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because you wouldn't have Galactus in a giant cloud. We see what's going on with uh, DC, so you know. Yeah, I mean, it'd just be kind of fun as a fan, just kind of like listen, like after the movie come out, like okay, record your music. Let's hear who had this dumbass idea, like at each point. You know what I mean, like. Batman Superman, let's chew and do chew on Doomsday. Like, like, I mean, and that's just an example. There's so many things wrong with that movie. But in like to just kind of see who's coming up with these ideas, like, like what? But then again, you're this come from a guy who's like, Yeah, let's do a venom too. I'm ready. So, you know, take the grain of salt. Well, <laughs> I I don't blame you for yeah, let's do a venom too. Like it's it's okay to be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Optimism's a good thing sometimes. <laughs> I, I try to keep that as one of my defining traits. I'm not, yeah. not going to sit here and, and flame you over your choices like they would on Comic Playground. Like, um, thank, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you have your opinions. That's fine. See, I, I appreciate y'all for that. And I'm, I'm going to go brag about that tomorrow. Watch, because you're right. You roasted over the coals right now. Yeah. No. <laughs> but very, very, very true. I, I don't know. I, I think it's just a shame that sometimes... Characters that we've waited years or whatever just aren't, like I said, just aren't done right. And Tim was right. You can't get a Venom or Carnage movie without Spider-Man. I, I'd like to see him try, if only to say I saw Venom and Carnage, because who knows? Wants to wait another 15 years for that? Like, you know, if only to say I saw, but will it be good? No, probably not. A glorified fan film, but without actually any of the content that fan films would include. So, who knows? Yeah. I... 
you can't it just doesn't work without spider-man if if, in venom in the form you're going like that's what i said the flash taunts and venom would make more sense yeah you could have brought the military and it could have done a lot of things with that character that would have worked a lot better you're right i mean having eddie brock and i like i get that you know at um that already's like actually committed to the role and everything but but no it wasn't now so wait they didn't play the original hulk movie Sorry, I'm 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 an hour and a half behind. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah, because that really know, so Kyle's flash memory just reset. <laughs> oh wow! No, that that was one of the worst. No, they didn't play that one. They played only the one from the start. Like I guess the official MCU start. What two thousand the two thousand eight? So Edward Norton is their official start now. Yeah, he had. I mean, they just kind of yeah. The way they handled that, almost like they handled um the the. Switch from Terrence Howard to Tom Cheadle as War Machine. Like, you know, you wrote it out one time and you wrote it out again, you don't speak of the first one. But like, oh. yeah, like like that, he's for lack, yeah, he's part of that, yeah. I mean... That's kind of I, weird. You, I, you show it anyway. Huh? You think they would just show it anyway? What, the 2003 one? The first Hulk. Wait, I'm confused. The, you think they would have showed it anyway? Even oh. if they don't consider that it's part, why would they not show it? Because it's, it's an extra two hours. Yeah, wait. <laughs> they wait, it has nothing, nothing, it has nothing to do with so. the, That's how no. they save time. <laughs> it, has, it has nothing to do with the continuity of the MCU, the non-Ed Norton one. The, the first one with the Hulk nipples and the Hulk poodles. It has nothing to do with... Oh, yeah, that was just... Tra- I mean... Yeah, like what, like the tie in wise, but besides it being just a god awful movie, like, I mean, the green gloop was there. It, it, it was weird. You had what, what that was 2003. So that movie came out, Daredevil came out, Spider Man had just came out, 2002. Like, of all three, varying quality, like, in that same year. And I just don't know how, I guess for its time, I mean, graphically, I can't speak to it, like, Hulk was fine, but like, there was so, they didn't even try to go off comic con, dude. Like, all of it was just weird. I mean, absorbing, man, like, Yes, but it was just just weird. Yeah, hmm. I mean, okay, let's, up to let's settle it right now. Who's the better roadie roads, Terrence Howard or Don Cheadle? Oh man, I don't think Terrence Howard got enough time in it, but I like Terrence Howard. I thought he was really good in the first one. I was, yeah, I was gonna say Don Cheadle kind of grew on me, and plus, you're right, Terrence Howard just didn't get enough. Run. He was great in Iron Man, though. Like he was great. I, w- I would have looked forward to seeing more of that. But yeah, Don. I mean, D- Don Cheadle's been like fine for so long that like, like you know, I haven't like oh Don Cheadle stole the show. Like I think he did really good in Endgame considering. But like even in Iron Man too, like he was okay. I think it was like amazing. But yeah, yeah, I I, I have to give it to Don Cheadle. Though Terrence Howard, I would have loved to have seen that. Plus, personality wise, they're both kind of being brash. I think he's more like a natural kind of that would have worked. That would have really worked. I definitely I I'm I'm pro <laughs> Terrence Howard there. Terrence Howard all the way for me personally. I I'm, I, I agree. I think it, I like Terrence Howard better, but I think Don Cheadle did a really fucking good job. Oh no, yeah. I'm not. Okay. I'm not discrediting Don Cheadle at all, but I think Terrence Howard would have would have done a fantastic job. Yeah, this is probably an easy one, but Ed Norton or uh, or Mark Ruffalo, and it's huh. only because I a Ruffalo. <laughs> Only because I think if we'd given Orton a little more time, I, I think he would have made a, a decent hope. 
Yeah. Worth trying. Mark better. Yeah. Same. Like Ed, Edward Norton's an awesome actor. Uh huh. I think Hulk was rough for him. Well, it was because I think it, I think it showed. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Uh, if you look into the to the background of that movie, um, Mar uh, the the movie group who was before Marvel really pissed him off because uh, he he was tr- uh, part of the writing team and he was part wanted you know he was going to direct it too. So it was like he had this big huge um, you know story and everything, and then Marvel went, "Nah, we're not going to do it that way," and really just neutered him. So. Um, if you look into the background, like he even says that he had a very hard time making that movie because they changed everything on him and pulled things away. And, you know, he had some really good ideas and big ideas and they screwed him. So you, wow. kind, of, you kind of see it in the movie, though. It's just it, it, every time you watch it, it's kind of like it doesn't feel natural. It's disjointed. It, 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 you, 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 you could feel that it's off a little bit. Um, and you don't get that with Mark. It's a, that is true. It's a, it feels it feels better. Maybe he enjoyed doing it. He he enjoyed it more. You could tell. But do you think I, it's just an indictment on maybe not? You just can't do a great Hulk movie. I think that Edward Norton. I think that Mark Ruffalo just gives you more of the the scientist feel than Edward Norton did. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I I see that point because yeah, it just I don't know. It just the whole thing feels off to me. You know, but I also yeah. didn't mind the first Hulk movie either, though. I didn't think it was super super horrible either. Yeah, like I preferred it over the Edward Norton one. Wait, the first one? Yeah. Wow. Okay, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't stand that one personally. It's a movie, so yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh man. I you know what? But what I liked about the first Hulk movie is they made it a little bit more comic booky, like old comic booky. Like it, it gave that more of that feel to it, and I think that's what I liked about it. I was gonna say yeah, that that cutscene, everything, almost like every. In my opinion, it was almost like they did. Everything that um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse got right with the comic kind of scene they did. Yeah. With the, like, the blow-up scenes and everything, but I get exactly what you mean. That's one of the things I really like that you guys do on the, the comic playground is your, your actors actors in these roles. Oh, yeah, the casting? Oh, yeah, we love, yeah. yeah. Oh, they, especially the rest of the gang, they love doing it. They always pick actors before my time. I'm like, yeah, I imagine so. Not playing. Yeah. But no, yeah, definitely. That's one of the fun things. I mean, we're still having a thing on Batman and who would be the better, like the quintessential Batman character. I'll keep that one alive as long as I'm on that pod, but yeah. <laughs> I think one of the funniest people on your show is Donnie. Everyone loves Donnie. Like, just his opinion. He's like a 90-year-old man. Like He's just got those like crazy opinions. Like Everything upsets him. And just like when him and Frank start going at it, pretty funny. No, and that's exactly how it is. Like, Donnie is that way. Like, he's really cool, but yeah, 90 year old man. As soon as the pod's over, he's gone. I mean, we're like, dude, you want to go? He's, yeah, he's very much, he's he's a blast. I love the dude. I mean, <laughs> he's a blast. But that that's him, which is hilarious, because, like, there's nothing, like, 
that, that's the full Donnie experience. He's <laughs> funny, yeah. dude. Right. Yeah. People love that. I think we've, I think we've like completely just incinerated this topic, though. Like, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think See, we've pretty much killed all of Endgame and Spider-Man and the, the dead horse, and I think we've beat yeah. it to, into glue. But I just want to like this pod, though. Like, y'all will go out of topic and go through. Like, what? It's been two hours now. Two hours and change. Yeah. Like, we're got. Like, I mean, these are the type of pods I like to listen to. Like, for, like I don't care if they're long. That's fine by me. Like, let's get it. Like. I can keep going. I'm just cutting it off because I'm sure people are getting sick of hearing it. <laughs> I mean, I, oh, we can we can sit here and keep going. Like, I mean, we we go like you saw. We go. Uh, we talk about it before the show, during the show, and then after the show. So yeah, like, oh. <laughs> it's it just, fun. It it's just fun. keeps going. So, so remember, everybody out there, t- tomorrow is Free Comic Book Day. Yes. Real quick, uh, I just want to show you guys a pickup I got. Um, Kyle and Matt might enjoy this. Uh, I couldn't believe I found it. This is previews from January 2012. Oh, the saga. Yeah. Nice. How crazy is that, right? Whoa. I thought that it's actually the back cover. The front cover is uh, Fables, the badass Adam Hughes cover. But the back cover is Saga. I mean, they knew they thought Saga was going to be good, but not good enough to put on the front cover. So <laughs> it, it ripped a little bit, but I'm cool with it. How often are you going to find something like this, right? Did uh, I know Kyle put it up, but Brian, did you go out and pick up that uh, that um, horror movie cover with the no. to it? No, it looks gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but I think I just won this. Oh yeah, the Iron Man Infinity Hand. Yeah, the the Avengers Twelve. Yeah, I think I just won it. I'm not sure. I, that's something that I called out a long time ago. I really thought that it was going to be Tony. That that uh, I thought that was awesome. That it yeah. was. Yeah, it's the one part that I totally understood in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> It was pretty cool though to see them, you know, pull that all together. I, I just loved with that. He went like that. It was just that all you just heard was metal. Think mm-hmm. it was like what the fuck. Mm-hmm. My my one of my favorite shots in that movie though is like when Thanos shows up and he blows up the Avengers uh, compound, but like you see Ant Man like shrink right before he gets hit by the missile. Yes, like like that's that's really cool how they did that. And then him getting all fucking big and uppercutting that ship was one of my favorite parts of that whole movie. So him turning into giant man, the way he did was awesome. And I like the comedy with him in that movie too. Like when, when he like the, the rocket and Nebula come back in and they like blow away as taco. So professor Hulk gives him tacos. Yeah. Have you, have you ever seen the uh, video of, him and Jimmy Fallon doing uh, the, the "You Spin Me Right Round." They do a complete um, homage to that "You Spin Me Right Round" video, and actually, I think he's actually singing it, and it's absolutely hilarious, man. I, my brother showed it to me, and I was crying. Paul, dude, dead or alive, Paul yeah, Rudd kills alive. me. Like I love Paul Rudd. Like every time he goes on, 
every time he goes on Conan O'Brien to pitch a movie, he always shows uh, whenever he's like, Oh, we're going to see a couple of this movie. He always shows a clip from this old eighties movie, early nineties, eighties. I think it's eighties, early nineties movie. Little Mac or little Mac is a little, I think it's little Mac. And it's like this kid just like going off a, a cliff in a wheelchair. It's the, it's the McDonald's uh, yeah. ET ripoff movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen that Brian? Yeah. <laughs> that's like the that's the like the shittiest scene ever like it doesn't even look like him going off the cliff it's what a terrible movie that was have you ever seen that corbin that was a creep the the clip that clip from little mac where the kid oh, goes off mac. the cliff and the wheelchair yes. i actually just saw a couple we were yeah yeah i just saw like it might have been a couple months ago ironically yeah that was something else you watch uh mystery science theater 3000 <laughs> oh man but yeah every time every time paul rudd goes on conan to promote a new movie he brings a clip he always shows that that clip with the kid going over the the cliff on the wheelchair wow mac and me or mac and me that's what it is yeah. mac and me yeah i feel like we even referenced on the pod once it's something weird <laughs> when he has his birthday party at mcdonald's <laughs> Good stuff. Well, all right, Jens. I think it's about that time. Well, yeah, we went to. We've got all the way to Mac and me. Yeah, it's come full wow. circle now. <laughs> 1988. Yeah. Guys, remember Shoot. if you're listening to the show on live on YouTube right now, and thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Tomorrow is free comic book day. Please, please, please go support your local comic book shops. Pick us some free comics. Take part in some of the deals or events that are going on. Free comic book day is always a good time. And if you have, if you have a, a child that you want to get into comics, but you're not sure um, how they'll receive it, free comic book day is the perfect time to do that. I think uh, um, if you're already into comics and you need to get your kid into comics, you really think free comic book day was the way to do it? I think so. If if you don't, if you're not sure how they're going to receive it or how they're going to take care of it, what better way to to do it than with yeah, free comic book day books? You already buy comics. You already take your kid to the comic book store. You buy them for yourself, and you buy your kid a comic. You you buy your kids comics. I won't buy my kids comics when I have them because they won't take care of them. Mm. I can, crazy. Man, they have them in, and they've got them. They're bagged and boarded. They're they're in uh, they're in a comic book box. They're I'm just saying. I've been they've been trained and they didn't take free comic book day. Well, I just say if you already read comics, why you got to nitpick uh, everything, Kyle? I, 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 just, I mean, if you got kids who aren't going to appreciate it, then I think free comic book day is perfect because if like. I don't have any. I don't know, but like, you give a kid a, a comment that you buy, and you're like, "Oh, and they don't treat it right, or they're manhandling, or whatever." It's like, "Come on now!" But like, you know, yeah, you get a kid-friendly one, one that's a story they can use. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I probably would. <laughs> Obviously, you don't respect the comment. No, I'm fine. But like, this is the way I look at it. it's their comic. They can treat it however they want. Uh, there you go. It's yours. I spent, I spent $4 on that. I'm okay with them destroying something that I got for free rather than $4. That is, yeah, I'd be in that same line of thinking. But it's their comic. But then you got someone like Brian who would belittle their kid later on because like, that might be worth money someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I'm just kidding, Brian. But like what I did as a comic book collector, if I bought kids, you 
you discuss with them how to treat your, their comic books. Yeah. This is what you do. This is how you take care of them. This is just the same way we talk. You bought something. You paid your hard-earned money for it. Why would you fuck it up? Dude, I'll be honest. I didn't give a shit about any of that when I was a kid because I didn't pay for it. It wasn't until I had to start buying things on my own that I actually started caring. That's how I wrote. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> my dad my dad makes fun of me to this day when he when we go somewhere together. He's like, oh, well, if it's me, you know if it's me pitching out for the lunch you're getting the expensive you're getting the expensive meal but when it's you paying you're trying to get the cheapest meal possible i'm like you're yeah, goddamn I right i need to accept my friend request did you friend request him no <laughs> uh, that's funny but but yeah like even to this day i'm like if i didn't pay for it i don't care wow if it's someone else's stuff, I respect it. But like, if it's like a free comic book day book, I don't, I, I don't ever bag and board my free comic book day books. I just don't care. Mine are. I get that. I mean, I'll read them. And then like, if they're good, or if like the beginning of a storyline, like, like the maximum carnage or, um, is absolutely, I forgot. Anyway. anyway, like if it's like one of a storyline or someone to follow, then I'll keep it. If not, like I got little brothers who I know will look at it, value it for the world for like 10 minutes and then trash it. And I'll have made peace with that before I give it to them. Tim says, Brian, I could stack that in a box in my living room and talk about selling it on eBay eBay one day. <laughs> Damn, people are starting to get you pegged, Brian. But I agree. I agree with Corbin. Like you can give it to someone and not care. But like I'm saying, what are, the, what are the boxes on the right, Brian? On my right, your left. Against the wall? No, no, no. The ones next to your Arcadia door. Uh, those are just empty. Oh, yeah. But yeah, free comic book day is a is a great thing. So go to your local comic book shop, shop, support your local comic book shop, get some free comics, maybe take part in deals and get some some back issues. Uh, most shops I know have big events going on. If you're in the Phoenix area, all of us come check out Absolute Geek and Comic Playground tomorrow at Drawn to Comics in Glendale. Couch Crunchers, Lance from Couch Crunchers will be there too. So, you'll, like I said, you'll get to see the rotating cast that, that come on the show there live in person. I know we're all going to be doing a, a big podcast in the afternoon um, crossover event that should be uh, quite enjoyable. Hopefully, we get some some guests coming through there. I don't know what's going on with all that. I'm going to be I'm going to be a guest. Are you going to be a guest? I'll have you on as a guest. I'll be like, bring up Kyle. Let's do it. Yeah, Kyle needs to come on and talk. That's gonna be fine. I'm looking let's check to out his, let's check out his sweet haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I have to I have to get product and put it in my hair for. We'll, we'll replace you. We'll replace you with Brian because once Brian falls asleep, we'll have to like we, wheel him out of there. Hey, get Kyle up there. Real quick, uh, I got to show you something I got recently that you'll you'll appreciate. I picked this up at Jesse's the other day. Not Macho Man, nice. <laughs> variant. Yeah, nine point eight, huh? Yeah, I couldn't believe that, man. I was like, oh, freaking awesome. You should totally That's get that signed. Is, is totally... he gonna... He's not around though, dude. He's gone. Yeah, I know. He's dead. He died a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can go meet him in the DMT verse if you want. Oh. Yeah, there you go. With me, but I don't want a book that. that's your you forging Macho Man's autograph. <laughs> <laughs> if Macho Man is doing it through me, is it forging? Yes, it's still forging. 
I just... <laughs> oh yeah, brother. <laughs> I had a, one of my best friends uh, in high school. Unfortunately, uh, got too good at rat- being a macho man, pu- doing his voice, and uh, he would call into Man Cow and act like he was wrestlers. And he eventually got somewhere, got Vince McMahon's uh, phone number and started calling him as Macho Man. And it wasn't until the third phone call that Vince figured out he wasn't really Macho Man. Whoa, that is cool. (laughs) (laughs) Tim says that we can cut to him tomorrow and he'll he'll stare awkwardly at the screen and not say anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, um... But yeah, so check out Free Comic Book Day tomorrow. Like I said, if you're in the Phoenix area, come down to Draw into Comics um, or hit up any of the local shops, Samurai, um, man, all the ones that are, I can't all even about. think of any of the ones that are out there. Yeah, um, all about comics. Samurai. All about. I'm sure Greg's might be having something. Yeah. I don't know if Dreadnought's having something. I know Jesse's, yeah, in year, Jesse's not doing anything, so. Um, yeah, just about. Uh, Make sure to hit up your local comic shop and it'll be a great time. Come out and see us at Drawn to Comics. Remember to check out if you again, if you're gonna be in the Phoenix area Memorial Day weekend, come check out Phoenix um fan fusion, get some autographs, see some cool panels. Um but yeah, make sure you guys check out Comic Playground. Um you guys are at Comic Playground and pretty much everything, right? Yep, that's that's what yeah. I'll say. Everything. <laughs> you want to see if you want to see more of the charismatic Corbin, that's what we're gonna start calling you on this show. The charismatic Corbin. Oh, I just I got too much. I just uh you know pen that one myself. But if you guys want to see it. more Corbin, check out Comic Playground. They do or Comic like Playground. Make sure to trademark that. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Trademarked. <laughs> yeah, take that. I'm not the show on the pod. Listen, I want you to call me charismatic Corbin. From now <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you're on, you can. That's how you, you need to introduce yourself. Credit to Matt. I will. Do, I think I'm going to do that. No. <laughs> has has uh, has Frank got down your his Corbin impression yet? You know, he's still working on it. I mean, he's probably going to have it down by Comic Con, and where he'll rip me on my purchasing decisions. So we'll see. But um, right now it's like a Donnie deep voice hybrid. Which it sounds like it sounds like Roger Klotz from Doug. <laughs> yeah. Hey, funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was extremely high pitched before that. Yeah. Hey, Frank, and I was like, listen, that's that's not me. Like, he may interpret my text like that, and I do text pretty bad, so I get it. <laughs> but no, we got to shore that up. So he's working on. It, I'm sure. I'm like sure that, I'll get it. Like that floored me last time you were on. You guys shouted us out. We appreciate that. But just him ripping you about your text chain about oh, coming yeah. on the show. So funny. Oh yeah, yeah he killed me. <laughs> just hey, laughing about it again. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> Always, man. Hey, we'll get. Well, I actually get to meet y'all tomorrow, so that'll be fun. But we'll all get together, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah we'll be a good time tomorrow. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have a good time tomorrow. Well, definitely. Fun, everyone getting together and actually getting to hang out with everyone we we cross over with. So for sure, that'd be cool. There's actually some podcasts there I didn't even know like existed. So it's interesting <laughs> to see what's going on. But but yeah, man. Um, so yeah, at Comic Playground and everything, guys. I want to thank everyone for hanging out on this extra long episode, hanging out, listening to us talk Game of Thrones and Avengers and pretty much everything. It's it was a good show. The chat was fire as always. 
Guys, if you had a good time tonight, make sure to hit that like button. If this is your first time here on YouTube watching us, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Come back every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Yeah, ish. 7.30-ish. I, I, I would say 8. 8, yeah. Eight's eight is probably, eight eight probably safe for... 8 is a very safe time to say yeah. <laughs> Between 7.30 and 8, we'll be here, you know. It's a safe-ish, safe-ish, but um, yeah, you can find, um, again, if this is your first time here, make sure to have the like and subscribe button. You can find us at A Geek Podcast on Twitter, at Absolute Geek Podcast and everything else. Um, if you are looking to finish this episode to the audio version, you can find us on any available platforms for podcasting. We're on them all, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Overcast, Podbean. Pretty much anywhere you can get a uh, podcast, you'll find us. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to Comic Playground. Um, and for the crunchers. yeah, yeah, and uh, Couch Crunchers as well. Um, what else? Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, make sure to join the Absolute Geek um, fan group. That's the quickest way to get a hold of us and share stuff with everyone from the Absolute Geek Nation. What's that or so that they can find if anybody wants to find it. It's just the Absolute Geek fan page. Is it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, fan group, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just um, for it right now. So, yeah, so everyone in the Absolute Geek Nation can, can get a hold of us and, and share there. Or all the squirters, as as we refer to them now for Brian. <laughs> all the squirters. I'm I'm proud that you didn't have a squirt this entire... Oh, wait, did he you did. have a squirt this episode? I obviously wasn't paying attention. Never mind. I take my praise for you back, Brian. <laughs> we do we do we would like to have a lot of squirters in our uh, fan group we got to make a, a shirt about that that's <laughs> corbin's like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to stay along no <laughs> you gotta go you gotta go back a couple episodes yeah you gotta you gotta yeah you actually have to go back and listen to mm-hmm. the bogcast episode what 10 I think it's episode ten. Yeah, As a matter of fact, I know. Whoa, the way back machine. Yeah, go. He's got a, no, he's no, got a squirt soda problem. Yeah, go, go to YouTube. Look up the Bogcast, B-O-G-C-A-S-T, and squirt. <laughs> yeah, and, I'm gonna do that. Okay. And, and then come back to, and then come back to our show for the next one. Yeah. Where we continue it. Yeah. Where we have we have Mark Bunce on. Yes, yeah. Mark Bunce is on. Yep. <laughs> okay, gosh, counselor. Oh man! But yeah, make sure to check out the podcast. Make sure to check out Comic Playground. Check out Couch Crunchers. Everyone we affiliate with, please, guys, show some love and let's grow this group, make it stronger than ever. So for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. I'm I'm Corbin. Hey, rotation. Yeah, let's. uh, Who? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you. You didn't even do your own catchphrase. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh, God damn it. <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Let's do it again. For this week's episode. Okay. For this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. I'm Brian. I'm Charismatic Corbin. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone had a great free comic book day if you're listening to this on Monday. And we will see you next week.